Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Pat and John on Their Best Behavior. I'm John. And I'm Pat. And this is the podcast in which two good old college friends bond with and berate each other over the films and music they love. From Paddington to pop punk to Paul Thomas Anderson. Isn't that right, Pat? Mm. <laughs> no age gap in this podcast. Not a single one. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he just dabbed. Uh, <laughs> 45 seconds in, maybe less. You be the judge of that. Um, happy New Year, John. Happy New Year to you. And as Top ever, Merry six- Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Top 16 New Year's resolutions from you. Oh, damn. So if you had to pick only 16. I'm only going to read one because this is a tweet that I didn't send send out. But I, I like the idea of replacing like sort of those stock like replies that you give people like when you're not really listening. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's wild. Or what are you going to do with like hyper specific <laughs> ones that still kind of can relate? Like if someone is just like you know detailing like there this awful thing that is happening to them a romantic issue uh some sort of uh familial uh strife anything along those lines instead of being like well what are you gonna do you say something like well you gotta spend money to make money (laughs) and just like (laughs) see so that's that's my resolution is I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna really dial up uh the degree to which i'm half listening to things okay okay you got anything yeah, I feel like you're a you're like you have a sort of New Year's resolution vibe to you in a good way. Well, be I think people just think that because I work out three days a week that they think well, that I have a vibe to me. Well, I <laughs> right. don't. I've never met one person who came through on a New Year's resolution. I don't think anyone has. Um, and I've never done one myself. But I really think I'm trying to. I want to in, integrate more more home cooked recipes. Because oh. I have two that I only do, mm-hmm. and uh, it's getting a little bit of flack. I think. Do creatine shakes count? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, I I eat a I drink a smoothie every day, but I I want to get more into uh, pasta. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, how's that going so far? Three days in. I haven't done it. Uh, okay. But uh, Great. yeah, yeah. So about. But there have been people who have been wanting to lose fifteen pounds for twenty years. So <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, dab count is at two, folks. Dab count is out too. Um, so we're gonna obviously get into what this episode is about. Even this though isn't can... about twenty twenty two. No, it's not. It's about it's about twenty twenty one. However, this is an episode in which we are, you know, focusing on the new year, on new beginnings, mm-hmm. um, thinking about where we have been, think about where we're going. I guess maybe not really actually, but it sounds good in my head, and. Today, again, we're recording this on January 3rd, today is an end of an era for Patrick Kresopstani in some ways, mm. along with the city that he has grown up in and loves so much. And because this is, in addition to a, a podcast about um, film, music, cryptocurrency, uh, this is also a podcast about football whether we or most importantly the audience likes it or not do you mm. want to say a little bit about what what is happening today and why we are recording this at 
Start around three fifty six in the afternoon. Is, John is so nice to talk about. Uh, Ed Gainey is <laughs> will be the first black mayor in Pittsburgh, and he has that, been yeah. uh, he has uh, assumed office today. No, John's referring to Ben Roethlisberger, who it's not even his last game; it's his last home game. Right, right. And um, I mean, Ben has been in my life since I was a young lad. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a really interesting person when it comes to reinvention. Mm-hmm. Um, he dodged many legal bullets mm-hmm. and became a family man, all the mm-hmm. while putting up insane kind of NFL stats. Talk about losing 15 pounds, um, am I right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and I just dabbed, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> um, and uh, the past couple years, he's um, you know he's been on IR like every week since he started playing. Like <laughs> I mean, he's seventy years old, so that would make sense. Um, so yeah, today will be his last game, and it's so funny. Like I had I had planned to go to a party today, but alas, you know, well, to no one's surprise, uh, like two people who are going to that party are like violently ill and are waiting COVID tests, so right. shan't be going to that party, and I can't think it's hilarious that uh you know there always has to be Jekyll and Hyde you know you Mm -hmm. need Lennon and McCarthy you need Andre and you need big boy you need Pat and you need John you need Pat and you need John you needed Ben and you needed AB and I can't (laughs) think that I can't help but think about the the poetics Mm -hmm. of AB playing his last game yesterday Mm-hmm. Um, due to no fault of his own, of course. <laughs> right. And uh, thinking about how he probably was going to go to the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. thanks to Ben, not mm-hmm. really thanks to Tom. Sorry, John. But I mean, that was a, yeah. a late addition. Yeah. Um, he was probably going to be a Hall of Famer, right, because of Ben and his chemistry and their stats. And that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, guys, listen. The seasons change. <laughs> um, your coworkers will leave. Your coworkers will call you crazy. Your coworkers will hate you because you don't allow music <laughs> in the locker room, which is weird. I will say it is very weird that he said no to music in the locker room. And you can read into that however you want to read into yeah, that. Yeah. That's not too. On this but podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's over, guys. Season to season, day to day, you never know what's going to happen. Life will continue to surprise you or not surprise you. And let me just say, Pet, you might be feeling uncertain about what the future looks like. I mean, I obviously went through this recently yeah, um, with yeah, a certain yeah. a certain member of the New England Patriots yeah. moving on to a new era of his life. Um, but, you know, I'm on the other side of it. Obviously, it's been a weird couple of years, a weird year and a half. I mean, your but... situation is way harder than mine because there's no – I don't have to think about the other right. – Like, you don't get to see your lover find a, <laughs> a better-looking version of you. Yeah, um, yeah. And your lover turns around and says, he doesn't need glasses when he goes <laughs> to the movie theater. Um. There's no projection happening no. there at all, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, but let me just say that it, things are okay on the other side, or they can be okay on the other side of things. So just sure. you know, bear that in mind that the future sure. can still be 
bright or sure. you know at least a future that you can see uh within so oh um, thanks john listen i that maybe that's maybe i am uh stumbling into the fact that i'm trying to be more more optimistic and positive in 2022 which he i does... think has been my i think has been my new year's resolution uh unconsciously subconsciously for the past um I don't know, 10 years. And I do think Ben has the religious fervor of you when you were 15. So I yeah. do think there's a little bit of a... I think that's another thing that he may have stumbled into <laughs> later in life um, for maybe several different reasons. But sure. we will sure. not linger on that too much. Um, anyway, all that's to say, today we are doing our end of the year episode in which we are going over our favorite albums and movies of 2021. We did this last year, and we had a blast doing it. However, we've made some slight tweaks to it. Um, we are kind of doing a multi-part episode, which I guess we did last time yeah. as well. But we're, we're being a little more modest um, in how we're approaching it. Last year's episode was quite long, and this one might be as well. However, we are hoping that it will not be nearly as <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings trilogy-esque. Sure. Um, so today we're just going to be doing a countdown, and then we have some other things um, coming up later on down the pike. Um, we're going to be hearing some, from some uh, former guests from this year with their picks as well. So that's all coming up later on. So if that was something that you were looking that you like enjoyed last year and you want to see um, again, don't worry, that's happening. But however, today we're it's just going to be the two of us um, reflecting on what this year has been for us as it pertains to. Um, the albums and uh, movies that have gotten us through um, a very strange 365. It wasn't a leap year, was it? 365 days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, am I missing anything, Pat? No, let's just get into it. Okay. So we're going to start off with albums. Um, and we brought in five albums, five ranked albums. Books. No, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Don't okay, worry, okay, don't okay, worry, okay, okay. Don't worry, don't I, I, I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. I just, you know. Um, so five ranked albums. We're going to listen to a um, choice cut from each of those albums. And I'm just going to say right off the bat that I am not, I'm, I am relinquishing myself from the pressure of doing any sort of um, elaborate lead-ins to my albums. Partially because... Well, and we can maybe this will get us into um, kind of just general in general how we feel about this year music and our picks. But mm. most of my picks are um, there's not really a lot of lead in to do in terms okay. of, you know, people being like, oh, is it good? Is he talking about this album? Is he talking about this album? Because yeah. they're all kind <laughs> of like they're kind of all under the radar albums uh, for oh, me. Brother. More. Yeah. More, more <laughs> oh, so than boy. last year. Like last year I had. The Fleet Foxes album last year I had. Well, can the we talk about Uzi that for album. one second? Sure. Because when I told I told Kate that what the episode we were doing today is, and well, actually I told her last week, and she's like, "You haven't listened to any albums," <laughs> and I think she was right. Sure, sure. I, this year I felt like was which is so crazy because last year it was like the opposite. Like film, I feel like films and movies were were totally opposite. Where yeah, last year had all of the hits, like all of the big hits, like you know Charlie and Uzi and Lil Baby and mm -hmm. Freddie Gibbs, and it was just very easy for me to yeah, totally. Oh, also, I totally shit the bed. 
everybody put the Playboy Cardi album this year, and I counted it last year. <laughs> I mean, it it came out. Didn't it come out on Christmas? Came out on Christmas. Yeah. So I mean, um, whatever. So, so, but I felt like movies this year. It was like you know the directors were back. Yeah. Yada yada yada. But oh boy, albums. Like I mean, I don't know how you feel about this year, but like I can't remember the Drake album. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it happened. I listened to it and I you know enjoy it. Like I I do all of his music. Yeah. Forgot like forgot about it. Sure. Um, it's just a weird year music wise. Like like the whole Kanye thing, like that I felt like that was done in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I think for me there were a lot of albums because I, I keep track of albums as they come out and as I listen to them and I have like a running list of them. I, the same thing I do with movies. Well I don't really need to because of Letterboxd, but but you know, so I, yeah. I then some of them are albums that I want to return to. And as I was like in the past few days going over my list, there were a lot of albums where I was like, Oh shit, I, I meant to revisit that album because I did enjoy it mm. the first time I listened to it, but I really wanted to sit with it more. And I just never did that. And I think I think partially it it just kind of reinforced what a busy year this was for me. Mm. Um, just in terms of like, I mean, you could remember like we, st- yeah, how, a lot of stuff. Yeah. It really, when I started off like my s- second semester of last year, um, in January, I was just like hit with it. And I was like, I'm going to really need to be careful about how I spend my time. Um, at mm-hmm. least during the semesters. Um, so I think that kind of re- re- reinforced it that I just, I didn't reinforce the fact that I didn't listen to as many albums as I usually do. Um, I think a lot of the stuff I was listening to was probably, podcasts like things that i could start and stop and feel okay about whereas i don't like doing that with albums and so there really there really were just like a list of really around 10 or so that i really did revisit and then a lot of other albums that i did really enjoy and i'm sure if i had been a little more intentional maybe they would have found their way into my top 10 but a lot of the ones in the top 10s are just, they're albums that I feel felt really comfortable in, like, mm. from the get-go. Some of them are, like, mm. old favorites, like, bands that released albums this year, bands that haven't been around for a long time and released albums this year. So I think that comfort was kind of the thing that I was really looking for this year with albums, as opposed to, like, things that do challenge me, which is usually, I try to strike that balance with the albums that I listen to. Like the ones that mm. I can feel comfortable in, but also the ones that are gonna really require me to sit with them and really digest them. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the the narr- the general narrative of of music for me this year. Which again, it's just different. May- maybe this is signaling like a change for me in how I approach music or how I engage with music. I hope not. I I want music to continue being like a huge part of my life, but I think it's just a testament to you know what a given year will bring you and what you'll need from. The stuff you put into your system. I read one of those clickbait articles the other day, like most anticipated of 2022. Mm-hmm. Looked like some good shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been this. This you you could be right that maybe the, maybe there are more kind of like bigger sort of releases this year. Yeah, and maybe music. I don't know. I this. I'm just talking out of my ass. Can you imagine doing that on this podcast? Um, but. Maybe music and movies kind of did a little like swapsy like this year and last year in terms totally. of like people holding off on putting stuff out or maybe putting all of their energy into releasing like a pandemic album last year and then, you know, kind of giving themselves a couple years. So who the hell knows? Um, but who the fuck knows? <laughs> there will be very little of that uh, on this episode. Don't don't worry. Don't worry, folks. Um, 
So, okay, so uh, let's just dive into it. Let's do, uh, let's do, we've never done this before. You want to do rock, paper, scissors to yeah. decide who's going to go first? Yeah. Okay. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. There might be a delay. I've, we never factored oh, that in. I'm guy. choosing. Oh, I'm choosing. Okay. He is a Brady fan. <laughs> I, I chose I chose paper. Or I, I chose scissors and uh, Pat chose rock. So um, you can decide. Do you want to go first? Or do you want yeah, me to go, go first? first? Yeah. Okay, great. So this as so ever, we, we don't check what I had for five. Yeah, we we uh we don't know what each other is picking for any of any of these. So this is all mm-hmm. this is all surprises. Um, mm hmm. Will we have? Will we share anything? Uh, tune in. Uh, keep listening to find out. Um, so for this pick, uh, it was. Uh, it's an album that I didn't listen to. Well, it's. I didn't listen to it in the first version of this album. Okay. When it came out many years ago. Um, but it was the first album I listened to of this person that I was like, okay. There's mm-hmm. something now here. we're talking. There's something sort of meaty. There's something to chew on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I list probably listen to this album a lot because of because of my partner. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just like again, like I didn't find myself going through a lot of the album, a lot of albums in general this year, and I think. You know, I, of course, you know the songs from this album. The album is read by Taylor Swift's Taylor's mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. It has my favorite Taylor Swift song of all time, which is State of Grace, which I think is Excellent sort of this song. like Bruce Springsteen-esque epic. Totally. Um, and uh, yeah, there's this 10-minute version of All Too Well, which I guess there's like mythology and a story about. I don't know. Um, Couldn't be bothered, won't it's, be bothered. It's Jake Gyllenhaal at da 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 da. Um, there's a scarf. Um, yeah, so I just I just really like this album, man. I mean, it's uh, yeah. There's obviously there's some sort of in, different instrumentals to make it her version and not uh, the old one. But um, yeah, I don't know. Why don't Why don't we listen to one? I did. I didn't pick State of Grace. Oh, I I, I picked uh, I picked Red. Which I think oh, is a really okay. good song. That is actually, that's my favorite song from the album. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's Red. Loving him is like driving a Maserati down a dead end street. Faster than the wind, passionate of sin, ending so suddenly. Loving him is like. This is my favorite song from the album, and I, I do think the new version is one of the ones that really, really takes off in the new version, her version. It's almost uh, bigger. Yeah. Like, bigger. Yeah. Bigger in good ways. Yeah. Yeah, well, I yeah, the great great pick. I also really in, enjoyed enjoyed this. I I I you know, I have my feelings about the extent to which I feel like it was like 
a new you know a new a 2021 album i guess like mm-hmm. i know people are like talking about like making predictions about whether or not it will slash should be nominated for the grammys oh that's for interesting. people who, for people who care about that kind of stuff yeah, which yeah, yeah. you know we won't talk about that yeah. and i and i do have thoughts on that like the experiment of like taking a pre-existing album and tweaking it after it's been around for so long and you've seen like responses to it that's kind of neither here nor there um I think it's really cool, and I, I I think it's cool like what the album represents, obviously, in terms of what Taylor Taylor is trying to do with the album in terms of like reclaiming, literally reclaiming the rights to the songs, yeah, but yeah. also like the identity of the song, and that's the kind of like Taylor, not drama, but sort of like extra textual aspects of her music that I can get get behind. Yeah, that's pretty much the only extra textual aspects of right, her music right, that right, I can right, get right, behind, right, or right. really anyone's music because I don't give right. a fuck about that kind of stuff. Um, so it was cool to kind of like buy into some of like those narratives around her stuff, especially because I found it so refreshing that the last two albums, the ones that came out last year, were so free of that. And I felt like they were just albums that existed on their own. Mm. So it was, I don't know, it was cool to see that. I didn't really care for a lot of the all too well discourse, um, you know, people like sending Jake Gyllenhaal and his family like suicide or death threats or whatever. Sure, um, sure. You know stan culture is a cancer on our society um john i think they just really didn't like the prince of persia adaptation (laughs) so yeah right yeah which yeah i mean not yeah not not faithful enough to the sands of time they were not Um, a fan of the film uh, nightcrawler (laughs) sure sure wanted him to go back to to zodiac days um but yeah but it's really cool um and i think that's a that's a great pick i i I get what you mean though I, i i do kind of wish when i listened to this album and then I, you know, I, I was also introduced to the the Fearless, which is the, the Taylor's version of Fearless, and right. I do kind of wish she did kind of go a little more left field with all of the. Mm-hmm. I, I even want to call them like adaptations. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I do think that there is sort of a like they are this like they are the same songs, different mixes, different instrumentations, but I kind of wish there was a little little more freedom but maybe she's not really interested in that maybe she just really wants to give the people what they came yeah, for yeah i think it's uh if it you know if it ain't broke don't yeah. fix it kind of kind of thing yeah. um awesome well pat's number five pick red taylor's version yeah. by taylor swift maybe um, people will find that one shocking i mean it, it's it kind of checks out to some degree especially with this being kind of a weirder year for you yeah. um in terms of albums yeah. um so my number five pick is uh an album by a band that i think released an album to, they released their debut album two years ago and i discovered it last year and if i had if i had discovered it two years ago when it came out it would have been one of my favorite albums of the year but mm. i discovered it last year really loved it can't believe i had slept on it for so long um it's a it's an album by a band called origami angel Mm. and they are a two-piece i think they're dc based uh emo pop punk band and they've been making huge waves in this scene they sort of are they're seen as like the first band in the fifth wave emo uh era i I guess i wonder what the Um, sixth wave will bring (laughs) um yeah truly who's to say um (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of like essentially is the one that is after the wave that I was talking about that we talked about on the um, John Loves Emo episode of this podcast. So it's kind of like what is coming next for the genre. Um, sure. And 
it's just the band just totally rips the album is so fun the instrumentation is so fun i'm just i'm gonna listen we're, we're gonna listen to a little bit yeah. before i say too much more about it um uh so this song is all of the songs are like our puns because that's the kind of band that this is okay. and this this song uh so, what are the, the, so the, the the album is called gami gang that's what they refer to their fans the gami gang okay um and this song is called Noah Fence. So N-O-A-H-F-E-N-C-E. Um, so it's a pun on no offense, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just listen to a teeny bit of that. This is by Origami Angel from their album Gami Gang. about having a good time with your pals. Ooh, I'm gonna like this. Yeah, I, I, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna do a little bit extra just because there's gonna the, the guitar work. I think you'll really appreciate. So that's uh, I wasn't that's expecting Angel. that little uh, riffing. That yeah, little, they've uh, got so the, yeah. There's a lot of like there's some like math rock elements to them. There's like a lot yeah. of tapping. There's like some Twinkle Daddy's emo stuff. There's like this easy core stuff. Like the, mm. uh, the the album features, features a lot of like what the fuck metal. is easy core? It's it's like pop punk with like metal type breakdowns. Like a lot of like the chugga 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 kind of stuff. Um, or yeah. like hardcore, not metal, like hardcore uh, type yeah, yeah, breakdowns. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And the album is just in, it's like super maximalist in like every mm. aspect. The album is very long as well. I think it's like 20 tracks, mm. but it's the kind, and I don't usually like albums of that length, but like I, I was gonna like, as I was listening back to it, I was like, oh, should I really dock it for being this long? But every single song, it's just that like the album never lets up. Good. Every song is so fun. And the album, it's like, it is emo, but it's the album is actually really happy. Like there's a lot of like lyrics about like, positivity and having good times with your friends sure. and like playing pokemon and drinking mountain dew and there's have, like a lot of lyrics yeah, okay. about like self-love and like loving yourself and mm-hmm. it sounds cheesy and it kind of is in some aspects but it like leans into all of those elements and um yeah it's just it's really killer um it's a really great album it's cool to see the genre continuing um, as I said, they're a two-piece band, and they also rip live as well. Like, sure. they manage to sound awesome live. I'm seeing them, hopefully, in March, so I'm really stoked about that. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, truly. Myself um, and the audience are just like, okay, <laughs> keep dreaming, yeah, buddy. <laughs> I roll to infinity. Um, but yeah, this album, I, I really loved it. Um, it was a cool change of pace for me in terms of, you know, the genre and yeah. the kind of music that I'm drawn to and the lyrical themes that it conveys. And uh, yeah, Gami Gang by Origami Angel. Sure. My number five pick 
for 2021. Um, okay. So my uh, fourth album, I don't know anything about this artist, by the way. Okay. I don't know anything about him. I've never looked him up. I don't know the bio. I know the producer. Oh boy, so we're about this... to get ourselves in really hot water <laughs> after I, I, this I know, episode comes out. I up. know the producer who um, who produced the album, um, okay. who produced all the beats. Um, yeah, this is one. This is this is what I'm going to call uh, uh, procrastination homework of 2021. I didn't listen to this album before last week, and I oh, wow. picked it up from some of the blogs, some of the year-end lists. Um, again, I don't really know how much I can go into it other than you're going to listen to it and you're going to get it. Okay, It's very dense. The beats are very dense. It's a little different because it's very like rapping for rapping's sake as opposed to sort of the stuff that I'm interested in which squawks and beeps and maximalism and melody and uh you know craziness um it's much more traditional than that um so i want to play the album is called um uh bo jackson and the artist is boldy james with the alchemist okay who uh co-produce or who produced one of my top five albums of last mm-hmm. year which is alfredo with freddie gibbs right so i don't know this album here at all. is double hockey sticks hello what you doing i'm about to go get my hair with my cousin there you hear how spooky Bo Jack. You know, already talk. tell him come here real quick black way okay Big creature lord On the H-E double hockey sticks We keep a streak When it come to creature biz I make sure I stay in touch with poppy bricks Bruno Macasiglier From the crab to the road Used to put that bag on the road Now it's in the air Last dime of a dying breed Real niggas rare Louboutin sneaks Got at least 12 different pair Ice wires, diamonds cutting up Like I'm Mike Myers Gotta shoot it up in front of me The first time buyers Drugs on 76 Dance on 49ers Had a spot on Manor off the line Right behind Myers all my youngest scam bank statements, couple hundred bands since third grade. We've been um, wow. Yeah. yeah, that is that's a different that's a, that's a that's a change of pace. It's for a different you. feel for me, but um, I really like. First of all, the album is like pretty short. Mm, hell yeah. And um, I don't know. I just got, got just was very entranced by it. Yeah. What's it called again? It's called Bo Jackson. Okay. And all of gotcha. the lyrics are sort of about. You know, many, many 90s sports figures, mm-hmm. uh, many basketball references, many movie references. Um, cool. But yeah, it's very, it's like a really good, I don't want to call it easy listening, but it's like real, you really kind of like, if you tune into the sort of frequencies of this album, it feels very like, yeah, okay, like I'm just being taken for a ride here. Yeah, it's not, yeah, just based on the 45 second clip I heard, uh, it, it sounds like it's the kind of thing where, you can just like vibe to it in the background, but if you really like center in on it, yeah. like there's more, there's more there. Yeah. And it feels old. Like it kind of feels like those like old, like Wu Tang records and like yeah. old, like prodigy records, but it's, it, it, it's, it is new. And I, I, I do admire that. That's awesome. You know? So, yeah. Is, and it all does, would you say it's all kind of of a piece with what we just heard? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. But I literally don't know anything about this guy. Well, hopefully uh, when we fire up that Wikipedia entry, it's not going to yeah. have uh, a couple subsections of the type that we don't we don't like to see with the people that we uh, that we listen oh, to. Oh, oh, I think I mean, we're okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. And you you at least covered your bases by saying I don't I don't I don't know. Yeah. yeah um, thank God. Um, awesome. Good pick. Good pick. I'm I'm actually I'm I'm stoked to to check that out. Especially you said it's it's a short one. Please. It's a short one, yeah. We please we love that. Um okay, great. Um so my number four album um is is it, this might be like the album uh from my list that has like the mm, it's probably tied with one of them for being like the having like the widest like one of it's it's what am I trying to say? It is it's one of those albums that has appeared on a good number of like end of the year lists, okay. especially from like indie publications of you know the the pitchforks and pace sure. of the world. And it is the fourth album from the band Foxing. And the album is called D- Draw Down the Moon. Oh gosh, now I'm free- now I'm forgetting what it's called. Draw Down the Moon. Um and Foxing is a band that I've loved for a long time. I think they released their debut album in 2014 called The Albatross. And they were kind of like a, a you know, third wave emo band. Um, they were always kind of doing something a little different from a lot of the other bands in their ilk they had like those more third like in- wave guys oh yeah brother. oh sorry 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 fourth wave i meant fourth wave fourth wave john yeah. um, i mean <laughs> you i know our resident emo emoologist oh um I, I i was confusing it with my favorite uh wave of feminism pat um sure. so you know cut me some slack there sure um but yeah they were kind of always doing something a little more like indie oriented from like that compared to the other fourth wave emo bands which were kind of mm-hmm. like more pop punk adjacent um and yeah they've just continued to reinvent themselves with like every single um every single album um they've kind of just like continued to be more experimental um their last album which i think came out in 2018 called nearer my god was like that was kind of seen as like their the peak for them um Mm. in terms of like what they could do and people thought like that was going to be like their best album and there was a you know just a lot of discourse about how they wouldn't be able to best themselves from this but this album, uh, draw down, draw down the moon is, yeah, it's it's they're they are leaving behind like their emo roots in a lot of ways and are becoming a little more like, it sounds in some ways like a MGMT passion pit sort of like indie sound, but mm. there's still like a sense of like broodiness to it that feels very much of a piece with their earlier stuff. So we'll listen to a little bit of it um, just to give people a sense of what I'm talking about. Um, This song is called Go Down Together, which is like their big single from it. Um, And this is Foxing from their album Draw Down the Moon. I'm excited. It's a really hook-heavy album uh, in a way that their previous stuff wasn't. Oh, you know what? This is so interesting. I'll talk about it when it's over. Okay. Another album that kind of feels like a throwback in some ways, but also feels very modern. Side by side. I 
Okay, I'll call it there. It's it's a hard album to excerpt from because a lot there's a really great sense of dynamics and build and production in this album, and sure. there's a there's just sometimes you are hit with like these really lush walls of sound. Um, so it was a hard album to excerpt from. So I would definitely recommend that people check out that entire song and the entire album. Also pretty short. I think this is also this is ten ten tracks, ten or eleven tracks. Um, and yeah, I just I love the way that they keep reinventing themselves and it's really cool to watch and it is cool, like I said, that they're able to still keep this sense of like existential brood mm. that is so tied to emo yeah. and what they did in their early albums, but yeah. it just it's has a wider audience and it feels more mature. It's it's you know, sometimes some of that stuff can feel kind of stuck in a particular iteration of music that we associate as being listened to by, you know, 15 to 18 year olds. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's been, it's cool to listen to. Um, and I really dug this album and it's cool to have a band that, you know, I've been following for a little bit that is continuing to do uh, cool things. Mm. Um, what were you going to say? You were going to say something while we were listening. That video cost money. Like I was oh, shocked. I was like, sorry that 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 video is actually um, it's it's a it's a fan made video. That's uh th- those are that's those are some uh some scenes from what's it called um the end of uh, the end of the fucking world. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I should have uh, I should have warned you about that. It was, was the like, only it was the only clean version that didn't have like some weird beginning attached to the like, actual music video. I was like. <laughs> this is the most expensive music video I've seen in the past yeah. ten years. Yeah, no, no, no. They're not. not they're not that committed to the to their oh arts. God. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, another L for P Stan. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, draw down the moon by Foxine, uh, my number four album uh, from twenty twenty one. Um. Okay. My third album, I can't really actually recommend it. Good consciousness. <laughs> Good consciousness. Okay. The first half of this album, oh yeah. The rest of it is uh, a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's just a nightmare. It's just it's like an A and R industry plant nightmare. Okay. But Off to a good start. It's from one of my one of my guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I do think that there's a couple in the first half of the album, a couple songs. That I think will go into his Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple. And I, I, I just feel like the more his music is stolen and the more leaks he gets, I just think it just fucks up these releases. Yeah, how could it not? And I, I don't really understand why the label... Like, I, I, I don't really understand why... There hasn't been a business model where the artist, where it's like big Patreon for musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I I don't really understand why someone like Young Thug hasn't released his own streaming service where people can listen to fucking demos of his. Yeah. Um, people, people would fucking pay for that. People you would. would. Pay, I would you, pay. You alone I, dude, would. I might pay like 50 bucks a month. Yeah. Like if he's actually putting songs out there, I would pay 50 bucks a month. Um that's steep. Maybe I'll take <laughs> that back, but I would think about it. I would definitely think about it. 
Sure. Um, you 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 would shake around the piggy bank to see yeah, how I much is in there. Yeah, I would shake around the piggy bank. Maybe maybe one month off, one month on. Um, yeah, the album's called Punk by Young Thug. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was sort of uh, advertised as sort of a spiritual sequel to Beautiful Thugger Girls. Yeah. Acoustic guitars, more lo-fi, but Beautiful Thugger Girls is better. Yeah, totally. Um, but there's a couple songs which I just still think are just beautiful. Can I say I I ride for this album? Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. But this yeah, this is yeah. this will be an honorable mention for me. I I yeah. ride for this album. Yeah, it's not perfect. It can't no. be when it's that no. long. Um, I I like it as a, I like it as a, an installment in Young Thug's discography. In his oeuvre. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, nothing no, groundbreaking. So it's like, but... I can't. I, I when I I just want to tell people like he he you will know he has better albums. Yeah, and I don't want people to get confused about that but totally I, I still feel like i definitely listen to it a lot more than most other things yeah so yeah I, 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 let's just get into the music i think totally um I, I really like this song it's a duet with his label mate gunna mm. and it's called recognize real mm-hmm. some great features on this album But it's alright, I won't be victimized Judging the police, taking my people's lives I'm just signing chase and doing what's best for mine And I gotta do too much, girl, we're gonna recognize yeah. It's written on your face, like you better than me I can't get caught up with you bitches, but keeping it pee I gotta keep it pee My millennium is the last dying breed yeah. Louis on me yeah, so that's that's that wasn't even Young Thug. That was Gunna the whole time. But, um, <laughs> but the, the instrumentation is very emblematic of what you're yeah, going to get with yeah. a lot of the album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I said this when we started when we started listening to the song. But I, some of the features on this, I I really ride for. Um, yeah. I like the I like the Juice World feature. Um, yeah. The Mac Miller feature I yeah, thought was really which, great, which is on the second half of the album. Yeah. And the I closing do think track. that song is great. Yeah. Um uh yeah, I mean the song the song with Post Malone is super fucking fun. I don't know, yeah. you get the sense that he's having fun with it and is really just like giving himself permission to just like do whatever, but not in an experimental way, just kind of like uh he's writing songs that have really killer hooks. He's yeah. writing these more um vulnerable which is weird for young thug because he is so vulnerable in some ways but just more vulnerable in like a conventional sort of way as we understand it um and that you know while he's using that together with like some like emo trap sort of aspects which is not a genre that he pioneered but is an album a genre that people that he influenced kind of pioneered yeah and he's kind of like inserting himself in that it's just it's a really interesting sort of experiment in terms of like him not seeking to redefine himself or make any sort of innovations, but like superimposing himself on these innovations that are happening that he's playing a role in. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's no, how I is. kind of understand it, it. But there's some tracks that like, like Die Slow, which is the first song, 
mm-hmm. which is like a really which, but he's like storytelling in that song yeah. yeah and he very rarely does he talk about like moments in his life yeah totally and in that song he talks about like his mom his mom's health and the police coming to his house but he'd never but in a way that he doesn't really like he doesn't really execute a story like that like very like much like this happened then this happened and this happened in a way that i thought was like really in fact if you actually want the best sort of uh version of this album he did all of these songs for at a tiny desk for NPR. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, awesome. And you just like just just bang with that. And yeah. do like recognize real and I, I think the, the future song is also a masterpiece. Yeah. I agree. Um, so yeah. I was really I was wondering. I I I've never even asked you about this album, like when it came out. It just it mm. happened when there's a lot of other stuff going on in terms of stuff yeah. that we were listening to or checking out or watching or whatever. So I was curious if this would make an appearance on, on your end of the year list. And, um, well, classic piece, Dan. Yeah. He never I had disappoints. To do it. Yeah. yeah. I had yeah. to do it. It's for the real ones. Um, yeah, I, I, I fully support this inclusion. Um, like I said, not, it's not, it's not in my top five, but, um, I really, I really like this album. It's quite like a bit. in no lists. It's like in very few lists too. Yeah. But got very good reviews when it came out, oddly enough. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Critics are are fickle, fickle, strange things. If yeah. you think podcasters are bad, Olivia Rodrigo. No. <laughs> <laughs> An album that I also I also ride for is not in my top ten, but I also ride for. Um, okay, uh, so that's number that's that's Pat's number three pick. Uh, right, we're at number three. We're at number three. So you're three. Okay. third pick. So my number three pick is yet again an album from a fourth wave emo band that was doing something different from a lot of their fourth wave emo counterparts however instead of like leaning into i guess also leaning into like some indie rock aspects of um of their music like but instead of doing like it leaning into like the the brooding sad indie aspects and like post-rock aspects they kind of led into more I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Genres are are weird, but yeah, just more like happy indie rock or maybe indie pop aspects. Um, This band is called A Great Big Pile of Leaves, and they released two really killer albums. I think one in 2010 and then one in 2013, one called Have You Seen My Prefrontal Cortex and the other one called You're Always On My Mind. And those are just two like albums that everyone rode for mm. when they were released. And good then, titles, really good titles. Great titles, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, you know, emo emo uh, emo bands are they're they're good. They're good with those. Um, sure, they know how to title their songs and albums. Uh, and then they just kind of disappeared for a while, and people kind of thought that they were they were donezo. But then they came out with an album that redefines absolutely nothing. It's everything that you want from a great big pile of leaves record. But it just delivers and it just it fills me with such warmth and such nostalgia. And the album is called Pono, P-O-N-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds a little bit like this. This is their opening track uh, called Yesterday's Close.
as summer an album as it sounds like best coast oh yeah it does have some yeah absolutely yeah it's like that the the instrumentation yeah totally yeah it kind of harkens back to that type of like indie indie rock indie pop however whatever you want to describe it as Yeah, so that's uh. I think that's... Kate will really like this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's is, it's yeah. it's. We need new car music. <laughs> well, I'm happy to deliver. Um, <laughs> the rare situation where the stuff I listen to makes for for good good stuff to to um to bump with the partner. Um, yeah, it's just it's super easy listening. It it again, it just fills me with warmth. It it mm. feels like summer. Um, mm. And the album is very much about like nostalgia, but it's revisiting like better, warmer, happier days, but not even in a super broody way. I don't know. It's just like I said, it's it is exactly what I would ex- would have wanted from a new Great Big Pile of Leaves uh, mm. album. And it was really cool just to have like this sort of throwback to a band that, yeah, I mean, when, when You're Always On My Where Mind came from? out, I was... They're from I'm uh somewhere in New England. I'm sad to report. Sure. Um, yeah, for sure. your sake. But sure. they are New England, a New England. I think they might be scattered from from throughout New England. Okay. Um. But yeah, Pono, great pile of leaves. Can't recommend it enough. Like I said, it's 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 easy listening, but in 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 all the best ways possible. So cool. number two. Number uh-oh, two. Uh oh. Uh oh. Problematic musician. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Well, problematic musician, woman edition. You had you had to have one. You had to have one. This next artist, um, you know how when we did the the Tyler the Creator episode with Matt Mitchell, yes, and I was talking about he had like these albums that I just don't even remember like where I was during them. Yeah, like they're kind of yeah. like the dark ages. Not that the the content was bad, but I just yeah. like couldn't keep up. Yeah, I feel like this artist had like seven albums. <laughs> okay, during, for me, that, those that ages encapsulate okay. that. She had two albums this year, which I respect. Mm-hmm. She's working. Yeah, um, we love it. And I don't know. Again, it's sort of the same thing with the uh, uh, Bo Jackson, where I just like would get into a groove, typically with like Stardew Valley or Mm -hmm. Zelda. This was Zelda music for me. Okay. And then occasionally I would like really hook on to a lyric or I'd really hook on to a melody. And I looking at this person's breadth of work i've also been getting really into the scholarship and reading old reviews and keeping up with with you know people who like understand her who uh-huh. are not just yelling at her i'm trying to think of who this is and i can't no one's really john mind. it's I, it's I lana like del rey so... oh um, okay right okay yes 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 um right but you know how like it's hard to find people who write about her who are not just like 
deranged. Just terrible or, or, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. this. Which I'm not defending some of the things she's she's said or done. Yeah. Um but it, it's not blue banisters, it's it's chemtrails over the country club. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I think is just a great you know, I'm I'm really I've been getting really into this writer. I do read this guy. I swear to God, I've read his stuff. Okay. The, the writer's name is Dennis Johnson. Oh, hell yeah. And he he really writes about, like, Americana, mm-hmm. kind of like red, white, and blue, blue-collar people, typically uh, unrequited love, uh, diners, yeah, uh, freeways, cups. Addicts cups of hot black coffee yeah um and i really like that about her music people don't like that about her music i like that yeah um i like that she kind of leans into her entire aesthetic and um one of the one of the ogs in that in that world i feel like was doing it before a lot of other people were yeah um yeah so so let's just let's again let's just let's just get right to it um and yeah. this is let me love you like a woman mm-hmm. yeah. which i think is just <laughs> great i come from a small town how about you I only mention it cause I'm ready to leave LA and I want you to come 80 miles north or south will do I don't care where as long as you're with me and I'm with you and you let me Let me love you like a woman Let me hold you like a baby Let me shine like I mean, yeah, she she knows how to do it with very very little. It's a Doing great a song. That's a great song. It's a good it's a great song. song. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, there have been yeah. worse songs. <laughs> there have been in Christendom. There have been worse songs. I don't know. I, I I really like her. I do. Yeah, I do too. I really like her did, music. And I've and did you did you talk the about one that got me back? Did, did you talk about her? Was she one of your like songs or albums that defined? Oh no, you, you you we talked about this afterwards. But you felt like her song "Video Game" by itself could have like didn't you say that like that that song was big? No, for that's you? one of my favorite songs of yeah, all time. Yeah, that was a big one like, for you. It created so many aesthetics. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the album that got me back into it was Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one where I felt like, Oh, okay. Like I don't really, I, I kind of dropped off after video games. Yeah. Let me use this one as the. Yeah. Reentry. Yeah. Reentry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really like this album and I like blue banisters too. They're both kind of, of a, Obviously, they're the same fucking. Album. Yeah, <laughs> um. yeah. I mean, she doesn't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there, there are some yeah. moments where she yeah. does something different, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot of the same. The same elements. You know, you yeah. know what you're getting with the with the Lana album. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's great. I I enjoyed um 
I enjoyed uh, Chemtrails um, over the over the Country Club. Um, yeah, I, that was probably one of the ones that I didn't revisit to the extent that I would have wanted to. Um, sure. But I did enjoy sure. it on the few times that I did check it out. Yeah, she she's still sure. doing it. She's still giving in every sense of the phrase. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so my number two album is also an album by a woman. Hashtag third wave feminists. Pat and John, sure. your favorite third wave. Pat and John, the best behavior, sure. your, your favorite third wave feminist podcast. Um, so th- this is the other album that has appeared on a good number of, of end of the year lists, at least in the in the indie indie world. And this is um, an album called Valentine by Snail Mail. Mm, okay, okay. And okay. Um, yeah, I I went into this album kind of expecting like something that I've gotten a lot of in the past few years in terms of like, you know, albums by female indie songwriters that um, similar to like a lot of like emo albums that I listen to all kind of like hit the same sort of marks and you feel very comfortable listening to them just in the way that they're produced or the stuff they sing about like you you just mm. know what you're expecting and sometimes that can yield you know really wonderful listening experiences but nothing that necessarily feels super transcendent with some exceptions um, people like Phoebe Bridgers people like Julian Baker um, mm. last year with the Soccer Mommy record um but this this one really did it did something special for me um Mm -hmm. also a very short record i think it's also maybe 10 or 11 tracks and it just is an album that as the title suggests explores love adolescent love adolescent love Mm. uh desire heartbreak of course um in a really poignant cohesive singular way um, and I don't know exactly what it is that um, Snail Mail, which is the, which I should say is the solo project of um, someone named, uh, her name is Lindsay Jordan, I think. So it's, mm-hmm. it's one person, but she goes by the name Snail Mail. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the special sauce is that she has, but it just, yeah, I don't know. It's really, I've only listened to one song by them. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I've... The, from the last album. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And I, and I did really like their first record, which I think came out in 2017 or 2018. Um, but it was, it was something that I kind of just, I just thought of her as kind of being, and I don't know, maybe this is just like kind of gendered or misogynistic of me to say, uh Oh, um, but I just kind of thought of her as like another, like sad girl indie rocker. That was kind of what that first album did for me. I enjoyed it. But it, it was all kind of like, sure. oh, is this a snail mail record or is this like, a, you know, again, like a, one of like the first soccer mommy records. But this one just okay. did a lot more and had more of a sense of like thematic oomph to it. So uh, we're going to listen to the first track on the record. This is another one where I wasn't sure which one to pick because she her mm-hmm. songwriting is really great and there's a really great sense of dynamics to her music. Um so we're just gonna listen to the first song. This one, this is one where you kind of do have to listen to like a solid minute and ten seconds of it. So buckle in, okay. buckle in for that. But I promise it's it's okay. worth it. So this is Valentine, the title track from Snail Mail's sophomore album. Is this the song that you heard, Pat, or a different one? No, oh, you lose the first one. Lose the first. Okay, gotcha. Go. 
Okay, I messed with this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. And it's I fine. I actually pulled I pulled an audible because I was originally going to listen to a little bit of um her song uh Forever Sailing, which is also a really killer track, but mm-hmm. there are so many. The song Ben Franklin is really great. Um it really every every song is great on this. Um and it, it makes for a really cool sort of like cohesive listening experience. Mm-hmm. Um Uh so yeah, Valentine by Snail Mail. I fuck with it. A lot of people fuck with it, uh, and sure. for good reason. Sure. Oh, we'll check this one out too. Yeah. All right. We've arrived. Number one. Okay. With a bullet. Number one with the bullet. Um, came out a couple weeks ago. Um, dropped instantly out of nowhere, and many people on the artist subreddit were shocked when it happened, myself included. <sighs> You know, this is a guy who has been in self-imposed exile from his home city for a couple years now. And it's kind of been a minute since he dropped like a proper full length, like Mm -hmm. a proper album. And not a sequel to any of his his mixtapes or albums, but it's kind of like his own thing. Um, and that's, uh, the album is 4NEM by, uh, Chief Keef. Oh, I've not heard And it's like yet. a fucking masterpiece. Like, it's so great. And the reason why I knew it was a masterpiece is because everyone on the subreddit was like, this is terrible. <laughs> and I remembered when Playboy Cardi dropped whole lot of red everyone on the subreddit said oh this yeah. is terrible and I, then I remember a year that. a year happens six months happens and then everyone's like oh that was phenomenal yeah um yeah i don't know what else to say um because i don't think you've listened to it i have not but we have no, talked no. about chief keith before we have yes um, we have so yeah let's well, just let's, let's, uh, just, let's, yeah. let's just get right into it i yeah, yeah. i don't even know how much i want to say I know a lot about him, but I think we should sure. still listen. This is Hurry Before the Gate Close. Okay. Oh, wow, I love this album, Mark. Hey, hey. 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 
like socials and meals, I don't know. Shoot his ass down, J. Cole. It's FN, it's a Draco. No, it's AR with AO. At the round table, about the mega toast. With the bread, we can make toast. So what you eat, bitch, I ate toast. We got toast, we got bankroll. She don't wanna fuck me, she can say no. Said I ain't asking how they go. She a shitty bitch, I'm an a ho. I was on the block like a Lego. Oh boy. Still doing the same old. Niggas hating, feel like I'm Mano. And I'm in an SRT truck. Tracky, not Durango. Ice on my wrist, no bango. All the chains, I'm Django. Think I sipped too much lean last night. Woke up with a hango. You don't speak my lingo. I got a gift and it's a halo. CS up to heaven. Hurry up for the gate close. Whip creams, we skate them. Pull up on you in the AM. Pull up on you in the PM. Yeah, this goes. This goes. Yeah. A lot of, lot of fun little auto-tune crooning on this. Mm-hmm. A lot of different kinds of songs. Um, Long, short album? It's a sh- I think it's short, yeah. It's like 50-some minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's it's an interesting place where he... It, like, it, it, it's because he's... He went through, like, a serious auto-tune phase, and now he's kind of going through a more... Traditional harder. Rap. He's kind of going yeah. back to the drill, the drill stuff, at least in terms of delivery. Yeah. And this album yeah. has both. Okay. This album cool. has, has both. Um, so kind of like a fusion of those two different worlds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, again, again, it just, it just came out too late for people to add it to lists. Yeah. And I don't yeah, even yeah. think many people have reviewed it. Um, it doesn't seem like it. I just I, w- I was just googling it to see what the album art looked like, and I didn't. Not much was coming. Yeah. Um, uh, Stereo Gum released an uh a thing like a not even a review, but just like a like a little news blurb on thing. it. Yeah, it just said Chiefs yeah. Keefs new album Four Nem is really good. That's pretty yeah. much like the closest that we get to a review. So, uh, but I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to check this out. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not there's I didn't really listen to a whole lot of hip-hop this year um apart from young thug um obviously the kanye and drake albums the tyler album which i did also really like yeah um i don't know if it was kind of a lean year in terms of like rap like proper rap albums as opposed to mixtapes or what 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 the deal was there but um, i'm excited to check this out um even though we're on the other side of the new year i i i just hope people people find it you know it might it could be a case of whole lot of red i mean obviously people were talking about that a lot when it first dropped um in a way that it seems like people aren't really doing that outside of the chief keef subreddit but um maybe this podcast will change that we're trying i'm trying trying to be the change we want to see in the world yeah um all right so that's that's it that's number one for you baby that's number one what's what's your number one okay this is going to be anticlimactic in the sense that like and I don't mean this in like, oh, I chose an album no one's heard of. But yeah. like, this is probably going to be an album that a lot of people haven't sure. heard of. Um, um, so I won't do too much. Um, I won't do too much throat clearing on this one. Uh, it's um, it's an album by Wild Pink, uh, and it's called A Billion Little Lights. Sure. And yeah, it's uh, they they this is their third album, I believe. I um I checked out their their last album. I think it's called Yoke and the Fur, which came out in mm-hmm. 2018, 2019, and I really liked it. Um, I thought they were just like a really interesting, unique band. Um, 
but the album didn't really like stick with me in terms of like my end of the year list or whatever. Okay. But I, so I was kind of primed for when they released this album because they it was a name that I knew, which wasn't the case when I heard their their last album. Okay. And it's kind of hard to describe. It's like, it, and I, I feel like I've been doing a really bad job of like the it's like this meets this, especially because I am once again using the phrase like indie rock indie pop and i've right. used it in three or four different you know yeah. terms don't mean it it's like alternative right like sure. what does that even mean but there's like it's like an alt country mm. there are like some kind of like emo country mm. of like the in like the pine grove sort of world it's like pine groves meets like wilco mm. combined with like some more ambient sort of aspects like a brian eno esque kind of thing i don't know it's really hard to describe but i just love the sound of this record we'll listen to it in a second but the song that we're going to hear isn't even emblematic of everything that this album does um it's kind of like a it's not necessarily a concept album but there are like some concept album aspects to it in the sense that it's not a concept (laughs) album all right (laughs) Um, but it's um it's from something now it's from this um but it's apparently the singer songwriter like attempted to write like an album about like the american west that captures like the american west and i think he sort of abandoned it but like some aspects of it found its way into this album so listen we all abandoned what we're like we all abandoned our art projects halfway through truly who yeah and oftentimes it is for the better um but yeah i just i and again we're going to listen to a little bit of the song but if i were totally relentless about imposing like listening experiences on on the people around me i would like say we need to listen to like two and a half minutes of the song but we're not going to do that um so just just uh, let take my word for it that the song builds even beyond what it does here but this is my favorite song from the album might be my favorite song of the year it's from the album a billion little lights by Wild Pink, and the song is called Oversharers Anonymous, and it goes a little bit like this. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be naughty and I'm just gonna skip to another section of the song. Okay. I know we're going long already. No, it's but, a good it's a good, good album. Um okay. Okay. This is the end of the second verse.
that's cool, right? Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you've got you've got like you got pedal steel, you've got like steel guitar, mm. you got fiddles in this album, but you've also just got like your straight ahead acoustic bass drums, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I just. I really love how lush and full the sounds. I really feel like transported to a particular vibe, world, era. Mm. I feel landscape. like it's a normal people soundtrack in a good way. That's not a yeah. diss. No, you're absolutely I just right. Feel yeah. Like yeah. It would be in normal people. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, in 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 all of the good ways possible. Um yeah, it's like also lyrically there's interesting things happening on this album like the the sort of like the main centerpiece of that of that song is the lyric why can't both things be true you're a fucking baby but your pain is valid too mm. like i don't it's just that's very emblematic of like how wry and literary some of the songs can be but also sure. how vulnerable they can be and gentle but also accusatory mm. um yeah it's a really cool album also pretty short um i think also 10 songs and it the album feels very cohesive like the album is about the american or is partially about the american west and has like a very sort of like ex- external exterior focus and like the last song is called die outside and you know it it all kind of pulls together in some ways we can be so lucky we can all be so lucky though not now not not in not in january in syracuse new york um but yeah that is my favorite album of the year uh kind of crazy that it's my favorite album of the year i would have expected it to be like someone i don't know someone some one of the classics but um yeah it's all we're all about discoveries and um the unexpected so i can't recommend the album enough i love that Uh, for you thanks i appreciate that um let's do a little recap before we uh pivot to to uh the next segment so you go first so my fifth favorite album fifth favorite album was Red, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Four was Bo Jackson by Boldy James and the Alchemist. Third was Punk by Young Thug. Second was Chemtrails Over the Country Club by Lana Del Rey. First was 4M by Chief Keith. Hell yeah. Um, my fifth album, my number five album, is uh, Gummy Gang by Origami Angel. My fourth album is Draw Down the Moon by Foxine. My number three album is Pono by A Great Big Pile of Leaves. My number two album is Valentine by Snail Mail. And my number one album of 2021 is A Billion Little Lights by Wild Pink. Do you have, I mentioned this earlier, do you have honor, any honorable mentions you want to mention? Oh, um, uh, probably the Tyler album is an honorable mention for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say the Tyler album. Um, I don't know, like a, like, you know, this guy I love, No Cap. He had like two. He had like a song this year that I li- probably my favorite song. It's okay. called uh, "Vaccine" by No Cap. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. I I like this guy RXK nephew. He's kind of like. Oh been, yeah blowing up people people yeah. really like the song american terrorist but i i like his this song by him called um it's very funny uh it's called oh boy this is terrible uh podcasting it's called i forgot the beat okay by rxk nephew this guy puts out two songs a day on youtube so i was gonna you, say i see a lot of his songs on, yeah, on youtube and people you might as well just YouTube watch links. for the for the the laughs 
Sure, sure. Um, so I do have I have five honorable mentions, which will probably round out my top my top ten. Mm. So I'll just go through that that really quickly. Um, uh, uh, the the world's a beautiful place, and I'm no longer afraid to die. Put out an album this year, therefore Ooh. I have to mention it. It's called um, Illusory Walls. Really great, <laughs> really great album from one of my favorite bands. Um, I have Punk by Young Thug also in there. Um, this album uh, called Trilingual. That's T-R-Y-L-I-N-G-U-A-L by this band Really From, which is a band that uh, is made up of some friends of mine. They're they they're a really cool like indie jazz, oh, sorry, e- indie emo jazz uh, band. And that album does really a lot of really cool things in terms of talking about identity and microaggressions and stuff like that. So I have to give that a special shout out. Really incredible album. Um, Sufjan Stevens and Angelo D'Augustine um released an album called a beginner's mind which is like 12 songs that are inspired by random movies from all about eve to silence of the lambs oh that's to... fun yeah it's really cool that's fun um, it's hey, really fun hey, hey. yeah um and uh julian baker's new album little oblivions which oh, um yeah 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 does a lot of really cool stuff in terms of taking her like style like her understated quiet sad morose style um and combining that with like a full band style and aesthetic uh, in a way that really works and really brings her sound to the next level. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, those albums as well and a bunch of others, but we only have so many time. We, we only have so many minutes, oh, so many hours um, in the day. Cool. Well, let's move on to uh, the other media, the other medium that gives us um every ounce of of blood of lifeblood that flows through our veins um so favorite movies of the year well before we get into that as we did with albums what can we say about the year 2021 in uh movies pat for us and i guess the world as a whole if we can say such things well i didn't see a movie in theaters until june right right Uh. right right I was thinking about that. What was that movie? Was that In the Heights? Am I remembering that correctly? Oh my god. I no. It was Shiva Baby. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um And um I don't know. I I don't think I went to the movies as much as I thought I did. Not for fear of of anything. Just I just didn't go. Yeah. Um well, I guess like I went for like my tops, but there was really no kind of like casual going to the movies this year. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't like a oh, it's a Saturday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, just kind of like I'll fuck around kind of thing. The movie theater because they don't. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was. I, I definitely feel like this year. I know you were all like twenty twenty isn't as bad as people say it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a hill that you were literally ready to that, die that on. That was the drum I was I was beating, yes. Um, and I do think this year had, you know, more high-profile films totally. happening. Um, but it still didn't really feel like back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, yeah, I, I don't know. It just still kind of feels like we're just not back to where we were. And maybe I should just kind of give that up. Like, maybe it's just never going to get back to where we were. 
Um, you mean it just in terms of quality of movies? No, it just in terms of like nonstop November yeah. to January. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just nonstop, bop, 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 every weekend, you know. Um, also, it's just like I don't live in a big city anymore. Right. So that that Oscar experience just doesn't exist here. Yeah. You know, like there's there's definitely some films um, that I, probably I would put on my list, like probably Drive My Car is the biggest yeah. omission, but I just have no way of seeing them. Yeah. No way of seeing fucking drive my car until February. Yeah. Um, and I will say that all of these, except for one, I saw on the big screen. Oh, okay. I mean, that, you know, that checks yeah. out. That does check out. Yeah. I know that's your... That's as opposed your... to as opposed to last year where none of them I saw on the big screen. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, that, that, so yeah. That, that experience still reigns yeah. supreme for you. Yeah. yeah i think for me it's it's kind of similar um it's still kind of it was still a, a weird a weird year even as someone who like in a in a shocking turn of events does try to be like an optimist as it pertains to you know continuing on the you know the trek that we've been able to you know continue on from for mm. those of us who've been you know seriously watching movies starting from the year whatever 2013 until yeah 2019 yeah. like i still feel like we're we're able to engineer uh that experience if we so desire but it still is hard and it still is impossible to reach the heights of years like 2017 um yeah the year of movie pass and stuff like that um so i i I would echo that yeah also kind of a weird year for me in the sense that i um along with pat do not live in la or new york um so it was hard to see a lot of stuff for me it was a matter of like yeah, waiting until things hit streaming or waiting mm. until I went back to New Hampshire and was able to drive 45 minutes to see stuff in like the a- at the AMC theater in Mass or something like that. Right. Um, <laughs> just like just just a couple right. weeks ago or waiting at Nicole Kidman. <laughs> well, I yeah. come to the movies. The, um, <laughs> That's not her voice at all. I but, mean, it might um... as well be for yeah, for my for all intents and purposes. Um and it was also a matter of like you know, I'll admit it and hope that the SWAT team doesn't bust through my door, like going to the websites that I illegally watch movies on and just like sure. refreshing and hoping that Benedetta finally came mm. to this website with like a 1080 stream and just mm. watching it in that way and having to deal yeah. with pop-ups and having to deal with like my mm. internet <laughs> crashing and stuff like that. Right, so it's right, just, right. so that that was a lot of like, the high profile experiences for me um the, the things that i heard critics or film tweet twitter like buzzing about for months and months and months that i just couldn't see until later yeah. so that was kind of an unfortunate aspect of it um i will also say i'm going to cover my bases and say that i have not seen the following movies which i feel should you know might find their way into my top five top ten had i seen them okay i did okay. not see drive my car I have not okay. seen The Worst Person in the World. I have not seen that either. I have not seen Parallel Mothers. Have not se- Yeah, that's not here. I have not seen The Tragedy of Macbeth. Have not seen that. That is I don't have an excuse though. I I, uh, I can't see that. Um you're just you're not a real one. Um yeah. nor have I seen The Souvenir Part 2, which will I'm sure we'll get into that. Cucked. Um yeah, yeah, yeah cucked yeah. to the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could have seen it. My last night in New Hampshire, I could have seen it, but instead 
and this is how you know I'm cucked. I chose to have dinner with my parents. Oh, because my my mom my mom was. I told my mom I would be swinging by the house, and then what was for dinner? Um, chicken tiki masala, tiki masala, chicken tikka masala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only I've only heard it said. I've never I've only heard it read. I've not heard it said. Yeah, she yeah. Rishi, please don't listen. Yeah, sorry, our apologies. Um. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I could have seen it, but I just, I had a moment where yeah. I was like, you know what, what really matters at the end of the day? And I decided that family matters at the end of the day. Sure. Um, which is kind of a theme of that movie. Well, spoilers. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> um, so anyway, I have not seen those movies. They will not be appearing on my list. Um, okay. and for the most part that it will be the, the case. With, oh, I um, didn't see, come on, come on. Ah, I didn't see okay. That. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah. um, uh, that that will tell you as to whether or not it's going to appear on my list or not. Um, so l- let's just yeah, let's just get into it. Um, you went first last time, so I think it's only fair that I go first Please. this time. And I think if we, because there, there's going to be, we should say there's going to be much more crossover. Yeah, 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 in yeah. This medium, I think we should just talk about the film at once. Okay, and then like, so if your five is the same as my three, sure. We'll all talk about those. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that's gonna be tough. If it's what if, but what if your, what if my number one is your number five? That really harshes the mellow. Yeah, okay, don't do that. Just, okay. just, just don't I'll, do we'll, what I we'll, said. We'll talk about it. I'll say something about it, but I won't say. You know, this is my number two. I'll yeah, just, yeah, I'll yeah. just, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this will test our poker faces or poker voices, okay. I guess, for the listener. Okay. Um, can you tell that we've done this before, listener? Um, <laughs> okay, so my number uh, my number five is a movie called Bergman Island. Um, it is directed by... Oh, I should say I didn't see this one. I don't think I could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. So it's a, it's a movie directed by Mia Hansen-Love. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Her, her name has the zero, or not the zero, the O with the line through it, and... I don't know what to fucking do with that. Yeah, well, he just so. called it a zero, yeah. so we got to keep going. Um, um, it's, yeah, it's all the same to me. Um, it is a movie starring um, Vicky Crapes and T- Tim Roth, Ooh. and they are a couple that goes to this island. I don't know if it's, I guess it's off the coast of Sweden, um, which is where uh, Ingmar Bergman filmed a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. And they're a married couple that goes there as a sort of like artist retreat. They're both screenwriters, and it's the the house that they stay in is is also the house that um oh maybe it's not the house but it's maybe it was the house that like they filmed like scenes from a marriage. So there's all this sort of like mythology surrounding the island and the house, and their relationship has like a sort of strain on it as well, which a lot of Bergman's mm. movies capture. So yeah, they're both artists that are going. They have different views on art and different artistic processes oh brother yeah can you imagine and it's just a movie kind of about that and about the artistic process in general vicky crepes is sort of like she's the star of the movie and it really is from her perspective and it's about her sort of like navigating these questions and then like the second half of the movie or a large portion of the movie is like her having an idea for a screenplay and the movie kind of goes into like that movie like it that movie mm, plays okay. out um okay and uh the the woman who stars in the movie and is kind of like an extension of herself um is uh oh gosh how do you pronounce her name mia 
Vaza Vazakovska. Yeah, it's that's a no from me. Okay, <laughs> um, I can't do that. Yeah. Well, it's that. It's yeah, her. Everyone knows who, yeah, who yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, and she can't place it. She's also really incredible. And yeah, yeah, the movie is just it's very quiet. It's very beautiful. Obviously, like you have like the island does so much of the heavy lifting in terms of how great the movie looks. But yeah, sure. it's just it's a really interesting movie that has interesting things to say or suggest about relationships between artists and the artistic mm. process and inspiration and storytelling mm. um and all the performances are really great we love vicky crepes on this podcast obviously yeah, from phantom thread and i don't know how much more i want to say about it because the, the movie is really worth checking out but um yeah it's a great movie i i can't recommend it highly enough especially for you know people who love you know the history of cinema and our, our Bergman heads. I got to say, I hate the premise of this movie. <laughs> I'm kind of over like two artists kind sure. of like dealing with their shit. Um, but I, it's been getting such good people. I trust like it. So I yeah. really do want to investigate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's nothing super glitzy, but I don't know. It, it just really works. Um, nothing super glitzy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had to do it. Um, All right. Well, well. Speaking of an artist going through her shit. Okay. Okay. Hashtag third wave feminism. Um, my number five is a movie that John couldn't see. Oh boy. Um. Uh. Again, I actually spoke about this on the best first watches of 2021. Mm-hmm. The the other half of this film, the first part. I came around to I I was really down on it and then I kind of put it on uh and I was really enchanted by it and uh of course I was really looking forward to the sequel which mm-hmm. is called The Souvenir Part 2 which how often are you looking to looking forward to a sequel For a sequel I know I know um and Again, I was just so blown away. It's a totally different movie. Um, it kind of just puts you right into where the character was left off. Mm-hmm. Which you shouldn't say and too I, much about for spoiler reasons. No, I don't obviously. want to. But um, I was, I think also because of the leap I kind of took with my own life, with like filmmaking and directing, um, the character makes a similar leap. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this film just is just so okay with letting the acting be uncomfortable, letting the script go to uncomfortable places, and it's very efficiently edited. And um, basically, the the main character is sort of making her thesis film, and it's just it's just really good drama because you realize she just hasn't she's still really figuring it out yeah and the rest the the sort of second half of the film it becomes so many different things And I don't even know, because it's all spoilers if I say anything. Yeah. But it really also, like, just puts a stamp on, like, what the trajectory of, like, what it means. What, what the, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> this person's, like, 
budding career just portrayed in just a beautiful way um and there's there's a couple shots towards the end and this film does really get into meta stuff like what what sh- what's personal what should be portrayed on screen yeah um what's it like to be on set versus what's in front of the camera who's behind the camera and uh, the end of this film really just takes it to just new heights that I've just never seen. Damn. All the while keeping the same sort of meditative sure. observational feel. Yeah. So yeah, I can't recommend it among, uh, enough. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's yeah. this making me want to see it even more and making me so yeah. sad that I decided to hang out with my dumb, wonderful, perfect family <laughs> uh, <laughs> instead of seeing it by myself at a theater yeah. in Methuen, Massachusetts or Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in the mills um all right souvenir part two as good as better than the first i think better hell it's yeah it's so different too. yeah I think it seems it's so like different it. that's the vibe yeah. i've gotten which how often does that happen either it never happens yeah, yeah. it seems like it's a real like empire strikes back situation mm. <laughs> um awesome okay that's number five from p-stan um I should say, you know, my my list is the polar opposite of my albums list because I feel like the, the albums is like, like random, unexpected things, things that you know yeah. didn't appear on other end of the year lists. Pretty much all of mine is just like I don't think there's a there's a single surprise um, sure. in in the lot. So just just know that I'm self aware on that front. I have one trick up my sleeve, but I had to. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, I had to true. do it on him. Yeah, the brand, the brand is strong. Um, my number four film is was one of my most anticipated from this year. I think it was supposed to come out last year. It was supposed to come out last year. Actually, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of these were. Um, it was a movie that I was really looking forward to. It's um, it's uh, written and directed by a filmmaker that I really like, someone who made one of my favorite movies of 2017, a movie that mm. appeared that I talked about on our episode. I talked about on several episodes, uh, Hidden Gems of the 2010s, uh movies about grief um and it's the new the newest movie from him and it is um a movie directed by david lowry and the movie is called the green knight Mm. and this was a movie Mm. that a lot of people were talking about looking forward to especially early on in the year um and it really delivered in every aspect um Mm. the movie is a retelling of sorts of the story of uh sarah gawain and the green knight he gets challenged to a fight by the green knight in the very beginning of the movie and he defeats him and then he is told by the green knight that he needs to i should say that he's also a he's a member of uh the round tables or is in that world he's not he's not there yet but he's in that he's in that world this takes place it's an arthurian uh tale chivalric world yeah um and he gets told that he needs to i think a year later go back and fight him again essentially or something along those lines it's 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 been a while since i've seen the movie um but yeah it's it is essentially it's just like a it's like a medieval tale that has some very contemplative uh Mm. aspects to it in the way that you would kind of expect from david lowry if you've seen Mm. some of his other films um Mm. and uh yeah i don't really know how much more to say about Mm. it um stars dev patel 
in a really wonderful role. He's really great in this movie. The movie looks yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it really hit all of the marks that I was, I was hoping that it would. Um, I think, I think it has some interesting things to say about our actions and, you know, just what it means to live a meaningful, valuable life because, Gawain is sort of like uh he's a he's a he's a shithead in the beginning of the movie he's kind of a sure. ne'er-do-well who doesn't really have a purpose but he wants to live a chivalric life as everyone does in this world and sure. it's just sort of about what you have to do like what is the quest to get to that level um and it's mm. all told with really incredible visual storytelling and there's a really incredible sense of world building and like the original poem i'd imagine or the original story there's a very there's an episodic quality to it but it also has like a very cohesive feel to it so great movie to see in theaters um it was mm. like that was this was like the first movie God, i saw I missed in, it oh you didn't see you didn't Bro. see it at all or you didn't see it in theaters i didn't see it at all oh naughty naughty yeah which is weird too because you think like a medieval movie yeah yeah you should that's, be all over that that yeah. that, that might be that might be your homework. I'm a little ashamed for the... about that. I'm a little ashamed. Um, I thought you were being quiet because you didn't like it. Um, no, 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 no. I would love to. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and this was like the first. I, I had seen a couple things in theaters at this point, but nothing that was like stuff I liked, but wasn't. it wasn't like, oh, man, like this is this is what it's all about. And this, this was the that, first yeah. movie that, that, that did it for me. And this was like my number one movie for a good portion of the year until like really the past few months when a lot of this other stuff found its way in there. Um, so yeah, the Green Knight. Cool. You can't go wrong. We love it. Yeah, love it. Um, my fourth favorite movie is uh is a movie which I, I don't understand why people aren't labeling it as a western. Hmm. Because it is okay. And it's not the film, the big film that came out this year that is a western. Mm-hmm. Power of the Dog. But there are some similarities. It is about the performative qualities of, of male sexuality. It is about past glories. Mm-hmm. It is about um, talking a big game. It is about poverty and class. Mm-hmm. And I think it is about looking at a part of the the country that probably doesn't really get shown off that much sure the movie's called red rocket mm-hmm. by the great sean baker yes um shot on film lovingly shot on film mm-hmm. a lot of lens flares mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> bright colors um there's a lot of sweat in this movie um and also i have to always say thank you for sean baker because he's one of the few american filmmakers who understands the concept of an interesting face yes (laughs) he's probably one of the last yeah great face auteurs um and the main character is a face auteur too <laughs> hey <laughs> fourth dab please and gentlemen um i guess i should explain the movie so it's about uh simon rex who i think this is also the performance of the year yeah. I, re- I really think it's like the best acting of the yeah year. totally um 
he plays a porn performer who sort of is uh, unceremoniously kicked out of Los Angeles. And he goes back to his hometown of Texas City, mm-hmm. which have, I'd never heard of Nor before. Had I. I, I'd heard of Galveston, but I'd never heard of Texas City. And he just tries to pick up the pieces of his life. And um, he meets a 17-year-old girl named Strawberry. Who works at the local donut shop. And he sort of fills her head with visions of grandeur. Mm -hmm. Of uh, them sort of going back to Los Angeles and turning the porn industry upside down. (laughs) He wants her to be a performer. Yeah. Um. A lot of people are upset at this movie. A lot of people um, don't like it because it's uh, his actions are reprehensible. Mm-hmm. Pretty and, much every uh, step of the way. Every step of the way, yeah. He's not a good guy. He's a really fast talker, and he's always trying to get out of things and not own up to anything. And But I think through the pure sort of the tour through the sort of tour de force of the performance you're like fuck it i'm with you yeah you know um yeah and i just don't think that this movie's afraid to go there mm-hmm. in any way shape or form yeah um yeah and i also just you know i love the sort of I was thinking about this. There's an interesting way to look at this movie where he leaves sort of the den of iniquity that is Los Angeles. But Texas City, with the oil refinery <laughs> and the heat and the fire emitting from the oil refinery, I was like, oh, this is also hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wherever he is, is like Gomorrah. It's a quiet hell as opposed to a yes. loud hell. Yes. Um and I think, you know, with every Sean Baker film, he has these lovely characters on the periphery. Um, most of them are first-time actors. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just a lovely... It, it's interesting. Asa Akira, who's a very famous porn star, mm-hmm. says that this is the best movie ever about porn. Wow. Which is wild because it's so... Porn is such an incidental aspect of the movie in the sense that, you know, yeah. he's coming from the world of porn and he's trying to get someone else into the world of porn. But yes. so much of what happens isn't no. in that world. No, but it's about whereas I think porn is is all about the flashiness of sexuality. Allegedly. We don't know, and but allegedly. The, the, We've never seen it. Yeah. I've heard that it's also <laughs> about the lack of intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's something that he is <laughs> struggling with. Yeah, yeah. Slash a master at. Yeah. Whether he intends um, to be or not. So, yeah. I know you've seen it. I, yeah. Yeah. Sean Baker is the gift that keeps on, on giving. Um, yeah. We loved him on this podcast uh, in the, or not in, but behind the Florida Project. And yeah. Behind Tangerine. And this really continues on that, uh, that uh, on that that trajectory um i noticed i rewatched tangerine um recently on new year's eve mm. uh, actually a great christmas movie underrated christmas movie and it made me realize that every single oh, yes. one, every single one of his or not all three movies of his, of his that i've seen features a 
over the credits or over the opening credits or the closing credits features a well-known song, usually a pop song, that then has a rendition in the middle of the movie. In Tangerine, it's it's Toyland, uh, which is then performed by one of the trans uh, sex workers um, when, yeah. when she performs like at a bar. In the case of the Florida Project, it's Celebrate. Uh, oh, yeah. That pr- plays at the beginning. I think it's diegetic. I think it's playing like on a speaker or like in a car. And then at the end, when at the very, very end, when a certain character is running through a place, there's like an orchestral version mm. of that song that is playing. And then in the case of Red Rocket, um, it's the song Bye Bye Bye, which has a couple different iterations in it. So the ending shot of this film is a great one yeah really it's yeah really, it's really stuck with me yeah really the entire last it is also minutes. confounding yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the ending shot is very confounding yeah um yeah which is also that similar the point yes the and, and, point. and similar similar yeah. things sort of happened in the florida project but i found yeah. i found yeah. this to be an even more a more successful um Yes, I agree. I tendency. agree. It's it's kind of more. Um, there's more tension. Yeah. With with the final shot of Red Rocket. Yeah, I would um, agree. Yeah. Yeah, great, great movie. Um, great movie. Great performances all around. Really from uh, from everyone. Like obviously from Simon yeah. Rex, but everyone else in the movie like does exactly what they need to do and more. Um, yeah, good pick. Um, so for me, my number three movie is the aforementioned proper Western that Pat mentioned, um, Mm. the power of the dog, um, the latest from Jane Campion. Um, God, I wish I had seen this movie in theaters so badly. I saw it on Netflix. If I had seen it in theaters, like who knows, maybe it would be my number two or my number one. Mm. But the fact that it still is, is there is really a sense of how, just how incredible this is. This is Jane Campion's, I think, her first movie in, like, 12, 13 years. And it sure. really shows um, that she's just been been letting it letting it percolate. Um, it is an adaptation of a, a novel by Thomas Savage, um, which I have not read. Um, it is... Um, do you fuck with him as a writer, or do you not really know? I don't. I don't know. I've I've heard okay. of the book, but I have not. I, I don't know anything about okay. about the book itself, um, or about him as a writer. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it is set in the 1920s, um, in Montana, and it is about two brothers, uh, played by Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons, and one of the brothers, played by Jesse Plemons, is kind and gentle and um Mm. kind of like ambitious in his own way but also unambitious like as a as a cattle driver which is what they are um and then benedict cumberbatch is super masculine and strong-willed and strong-headed and lives for the everything that comes with cattle driving and being a cowboy and some in terms of the aggression and the the yeah, I don't know the, the the masculine quality and implications of it all, and um, they well, well, yeah. I mean, he wants the masculine yeah, implications yeah, yeah, of yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Watch the movie, and you'll know what we're talking about, folks. Um, they meet a woman who runs a tavern, a, a 
hotel. Well, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like a it's like a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Um, played by Kirsten Dunst, who has a um, a, a teenage son who doesn't conform to um, every masculine sort of convention of the 20s or now you might say um and would see be seen by many people at the time as being different or soft or too feminine um and jesse plemons um marries her and she uh gets pulled into their life and benedict Mm -hmm. cumberbatch does not fuck with her in any sense of the word and does not fuck with the fact that his brother has fallen in love with this woman yeah, and, I, first of all, can I say something? Yeah. Who the fuck is buying that they're brothers well, physically? I mean, I mean physically. You know. I mean physically. Okay, this is, okay, sorry. Go on, <laughs> go on. Go on. Um, uh, yeah, so um, it's just about, it's sort of like a battle of the wills between Kirsten Dunst and Benedict Cumberbatch, and he is he is set on making her life and her son's life absolute hell for a good portion of mm-hmm. the movie, and mm-hmm. then things kind of change, and yeah, I mean, the, <sighs> the movie is—it's—it's it's a dense movie. It is a dense yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot yeah. of layers to this movie. It's as as is the case with Jane Campion's movies, which I've only seen two. I've seen Bright Star and I've seen The Piano, mm. but I feel like you know her movies are quiet. Her movies are subtle. There is a sense of stakes in her movies, but they're a qu- they're oh, both quiet yeah. but also very loud. Like in certain moments when you really interrogate yeah. them and think about the full implications of them. So there's all of that aspect of the movie, but also like the cinematography in this movie. I know mm-hmm. it doesn't actually take place in Montana, or it's not filmed yeah. in Montana. It's filmed in New Zealand, yeah. which is where the, Jane Campion is found. The issue is the mountains should yeah. have more trees because right. the Rockies. There's many. Tr- it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. it's better off that we don't get into it. Um, <laughs> but the cinematography is incredible. The, the movie looks mm-hmm. incredible. Johnny Greenwood's score is, as ever, remarkable. And every everything in the movie is good, is great. Yeah. All the acting is great. Ben Cumberbatch, whom I've never really cared for, personally. Like, I recognize sure, he's good, sure. but I've never really... Oh, you didn't watch Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, I've never... I'm not a part of the Cumberbatch... Uh, K- K- clan? Ugh, I don't know. Um, I think they're called Cumber Bitches. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a Cumber. No, that's bitch. not offensive. That's no, what I. They, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but he is remarkable in this movie, and and everyone else is as well. So yeah, it's just it's great. It's so immersive. Um, and as I said, it's a real thinker. And I, I, if I had more time, I would have seen it again. And who knows mm. again where it would have you know rocketed, where else it would have rocketed on my list. But, um, yeah. I really love the movie, and uh, it's my number three of the year. And it's probably going to win Best Picture. I don't know. We'll see. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, you know, there's actually a lot of similarities between this movie and Red Rocket. And I'm thinking about um, how Benedict Cumberbatch always refers to this character mm-hmm. called Bronco Henry. Uh, yes, Bronco Henry. The, the unspoken hero of 2021. Also, he sounds like a fucking porn star. I just realize that yeah as i'm saying this yeah um and simon rex or uh, mikey in red rocket always talks about his career in la yeah they talk about it in the same ways we're like there's something there <laughs> what's fact what's fiction yeah, totally um did horrible things happen to you did horrible things happen to you did you do terrible things there with this character? Did you do terrible things in this place? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I love Power of the Dog. It's probably like a six or seven for me yeah. for, for favorite of the year. Yeah. 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 Um, God. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends in a completely different place. Yeah, totally. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. Legitimately shocking ending. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really has to be seen. Like, the movie has to yeah. be seen uh, in order to be believed or fully experienced. Mm. Which, again, even me saying that, you might be like, oh, I'm expecting fireworks through and through. And there no, there are no, no, no fireworks, no, 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 no. but no. it's just such a no. slow burn, no. and it just all adds up to something that just feels so beautiful and ugly at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah, we love it. All right, number yeah. two. Oh wait, no, you're number three. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Number sorry. three, number three. Um, we actually had an episode about this film, um, so I've already spoken about it uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit. But um, I guess I'll do my thing. Um, I don't care that uh, this movie is in essence a vehicle for the second part. I don't care. I think the movie stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Um. I liked that there was no fucking exposition mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that everyone who read this fucking book says there's more stuff, but I don't care about the more stuff. I yeah. thought there was enough stuff in here. Um, I thought that the production, I thought, I just felt like this movie like was as close to sort of like fellowship of the ring as we're ever going to get. Yeah. Amazing production design. You're in a new world. Uh, not only is the action bombastic, but it's shot in such a visually sumptuous mm-hmm. way. Quietly um, good ensemble cast. Really good ensemble cast. Um, yeah, it's Dune, which I guess is Dune Part 1. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I just really thought this was a great fucking movie. Yeah. I thought it was a great blockbuster. Yeah. I, I went in thinking it was going to be so bad. <laughs> and I left being like, that was incredible. Yeah. There's so many little moments from the film that I, that I love. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, like I thought it stood up. I, I, I really didn't. I know a lot of people were like, Oh, well, you know, it's just, just the second, just wait till the second part. But I never felt like that the entire time. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. It it is not in my top five. It is in mm. my top ten honorable mentions. Um, sure, but I echo everything that that Pat said. Um, yeah, it's just like it's it's mind blowing in certain aspects, but it I don't know in in terms of what it leaves you with. It just it it hits all of the spots that it needs to hit in terms mm. of it just being a really good blockbuster a really good yeah. sci-fi epic yeah. um yeah which you could argue that it doesn't quite do exactly what lord of the rings did because that was something that was mind-blowing in certain ways but it was a different sure. time in film history and yeah, but of it's blockbusters. like i'm not gonna watch spider-man <laughs> so like you mean that's not your number one yeah so it's like okay well this is like as close to an adult blockbuster yeah, totally. as we're gonna get yeah and and it's you know it's also it but it is an impressive achievement you know in its own right because yeah. it's working with you know notoriously difficult to adapt material um yeah. and yeah i mean and denny villeneuve uh yeah is uh he 
he fucking did it. He fucking did it. And he he yeah. delivered in everything that we've come to expect from him for those from those you know, those of us who liked Arrival, Sicario, um the people who liked Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Sure. Um and yeah, I mean he just he is showing himself to be someone who has like a real sort of auteur essence to him in terms of his ability to, you know, do really inventive or you know, uh implement really inventive visual storytelling combined with sort of like big blockbuster thrilling sensibilities um so yeah i i also really enjoyed this movie and i would i would say it's one of my favorites of the year even if it's not in my top five part two please (laughs) that's the one uh yeah that's the one non-offensive uh accent he's done so far this uh, this episode um All right, now we move to number two. So this is a disclaimer. This this is the hard part with lists. I would say that I need to see this movie a second time. And I was actually considering seeing it for a second time today at around Mm. noon. But Mm. I just, I wanted to be kind of in my, in the zone for the episode. So I decided to just like, I decided to choose my battles and I just decided to, to keep it low key. So I didn't catch it again, but I, I need to watch it again in order to fully digest it, as is the case with most movies made by this director. So mm. it's my number two. Maybe it will be my number one if I were sure. to see it a second time. So take this with a grain of salt. It's a really great movie. It's a really beautiful film. It's a it's a a movie that is made by one of my favorite directors, maybe my favorite director because I am who I am for both better and for worse. Um, but it's a movie in which this director is doing something that's different for him, but also manages to feel very much of a piece with everything he's done so far. Hmm. There's just so much to this movie, even while this movie is deceptively simple in its plot, in its mood, in its themes. It's the movie that broke everyone's brains in 2021, (laughs) Licorice Pizza, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. This is great because this is also my number two. Hell yeah, brother. I don't think this has ever happened. Hell Um, yeah, brother. uh, Cool. All right. I mean, like the movie is about Mm -hmm. a 50, a very entrepreneurial, um, a very, what's, what's, what's a better word for that? A very, um. I mean, he's a scammer. Yeah, a scammer. He's very precocious. I was like, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's. I was like, this guy's like a version of Gary V, where like you don't want to shoot him. Yeah. Right. 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 You know what right. I mean, yeah, like he's. Yeah. yeah. He's just scrappy. Yeah. Um, Gary Valentine, who's a who's a fifteen year old, um, who meets um, Alana, a twenty five year old oh, brother, a twenty five year old who works for a like a photo company they take school photos or at least that's where they meet each other and they just happen to bump into each other on his school grounds and then they have a interaction they have a conversation and then he invites her out to dinner and then they just strike uh they just strike up an uh unlikely uh friendship um it's set in the 70s in the san fernando valley I don't know. I don't even know how much I need to say about this movie because everyone probably knows about it, you know, yeah. for because you can't yeah. avoid it. But it's just about their friendship slash romance, I guess. Um, 
And it's a real day, year, two years. We don't know exactly how much time. Uh, summer in the life of these characters in mm. the San Fernando Valley. Um, and it's very episodic in some ways. Kyle Amato, friend of the pod, host of his own wonderful podcast, The Hawkcast, um, mm. he he described it as it's just like it's just bits sort of strapped together, like that spliced together. Yeah. That's really what the movie is, and. Um, it's very meandering in its plot. It doesn't really have much in the way of like a huge ambitious arc in terms of like sure. this, you know, beginning, middle, and end. It's just really about these two characters and also some of the other misadventures and other characters that find their way into the movie. Yeah. I'll let you pick it up because it's also your number two pick, so we can do a little back and forth. Well, here. I think I think people might find this frustrating. That this movie frustrating because there are 87 endings to this movie. Totally. Yeah. Um, there's 87 endings. Um, it, it feels very, I think what, what, what just floored me with this movie is like the chemistry, I think between, Alana and Gary mm-hmm. is unlike anything I've ever seen. Totally. And I think maybe it's a little bit because it's both of their first movies. Yeah. Yeah. We should say, uh, again, people know this already, but yeah. Uh, Gary Valentine is played by Cooper Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman, longtime collaborator of Paul Thomas Anderson, taken from us far too early. Um, it's his first movie, and it is mm-hmm. um, Alana is played by Alana Hyam from the band yeah. I am. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're both, yeah, first-time novice actors. Really rough and... around the edges in the best ways possible. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's very hard, I think... So in that case, it kind of feels like a stand-by-me, yeah. kind of like a, 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 a an adventure film, almost. Like, there's even a lens you can look at this like an adventure film. Oh, totally, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I think he, it just, every supporting character, like, does what they need to. I think there's also, like, a really tragic, there's also a really tragic, dark element to this film, too, about, um, like, being a child actor and, like, aging out of that and, yeah. like, how sad that is. Yeah. And also, like someone's inability to age and their fear of like joining the real world yeah arrested Um, development kind of thing what if i told you this you know bradley cooper's character in i mean yeah yeah might be like supporting character of the year for me yeah like yeah comes in just <laughs> demolishes the film when it kind of needs a little bit of demolishing yeah yeah i can't lie the movie is my my second on my list but there were a couple times where i was like this is dragging a little bit mm-hmm. this we're kind of getting i'm kind of getting a little over it which i feel like is like uh heretical to <laughs> but um I, 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 again, more hits than misses. Totally. And I feel like there's also a really way to look at Bradley Cooper's character as an older version of Gary. Oh, interesting. And I don't know. I, I just felt like LA is just a city, like they're, 
Gary is a kid mm-hmm. in L.A., show business, politics is just they're just big kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's only one serious person in the movie. And they have a deadly ul- ulterior motive. Yeah. And you see them at the end. Yeah. Coming into coming across uh, Benny Safdie's character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's you also know. really remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a movie that, that again. That's why I need to see it a second time. I yeah, I didn't feel that, but the thought, the possibility of that being the case, entered my mind in terms of it maybe mm. sort of overstaying its welcome, which is a thing I really mm. don't feel with any of PTA's films. I mean, it's such sure. like a meme sure. at this point, being like, "Oh, he hasn't made a bad movie," but yeah. it's fucking true. And yeah, in spite of the fact that he makes tough movies, like I'm sure, like real film snobs or people who you know whatever like film uh i'm looking for contrarians will be like oh he's not actually that dense but like i think he is especially for how you know commercial he is in many different ways um and yeah i mean like those movies are dense but i don't oftentimes feel like they're overstaying their welcome and i didn't feel like that Mm -hmm. with this movie but even the the fact that it might i also it's a movie that makes me wonder like or just assume is that the point you know does is it meant to have sure a meandering we've been out all day from you know 8 p or 8 a.m to 8 p.m on a hot summer day in the san fernando valley as if i've been there um and it it is you are gonna feel like okay this is really great and we've had a wonderful day but also like god i i could have taken a nap from you know I guess the analogy, the better analogy is fun day at Skidmore um, in 2015. Right. Um, and right. I don't know, because that just movie just does immerse you in that world and in that vibe. Um, so, yeah, but you're absolutely, yeah, I mean, it's it's also the kind of movie where you don't know how to feel about the relationship, about the ending. And that is also, I mean, just no one does an ending like Paul Thomas Anderson. If we think about yeah. There Will Be Blood, if we think about The Master, if we think about Punch Drunk Love, if we think about um, Phantom Thread, like you just, you experience the ending and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I feel 7,000 different things. Kate and I were split on the ending, actually. Oh, maybe we'll talk about that yeah. in our ne- on our next episode. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I felt the same way. Um, also, mm. my experience, I, I, because I only seen the trailer like 500 times, there were a couple images mm. from the trailer that didn't make it into the movie, which is common. But mm, I was also waiting for those moments to happen. So I was floored by the ending because I was like, wait a minute, there are a couple scenes or moments from the trailer that haven't happened yet. So I was expecting the movie to continue. So that's kind of why I need to okay. experience again, um, just knowing kind of what the direction is so I can kind of like be immersed yeah. in it because... Yeah, so I don't know. That's the problem with watching trailers, hearing discourse, all, all that kind of stuff. But um, that's the only problem, actually. The, yeah, yeah, literally <laughs> the only one. Um, but yeah, again, I need to watch it again. And like the fact that a breezy, like it's very similar to Lady Bird in some ways. But I, when I watched Lady Bird, I didn't feel the need to watch it again the second that I saw it. Mm. I feel mm. that way with Licorice Pizza, while still also mm. loving it. And I feel like that's a testament to what a deceptively incredible dense oh movie yeah it is yeah um so yeah we could say so much more about it but for the sake of time yeah. we should move on but yeah that incredible yeah. movie incredible screenplay um incredible direction acting all of it um yeah 
it just works it works it works it works yeah shout out to uh making up stuff on your acting resume <laughs> which if 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 people yeah. have seen the film yeah yeah you'll you'll get that um yeah or any resume for that matter yeah um, yeah yeah i guess yeah. you're right yeah you, you could extend that to any resume yeah or in your um i don't know phd program applications or personal sure statements. well yeah uh, allegedly how many people want to apply to those right so. yeah um my number one movie interesting here we go i go to the movies i love movies because i want to be immersed in stories Mm. i want to be immersed in characters and their psychology and their complexities And I go to the movies, or I love movies, because they can immerse me in place and communities. Mm. And there is one single movie that I know definitively and felt, even on my first viewing, even though I'm sure it would benefit from another viewing, immersed me in all three of those things. Person, story, or story, person, and place. And that movie is a movie that has been talked about already by pat wow wow and that movie is red rocket wow okay yeah you know like i just yeah yeah, i i was you know i i um i thought about that because i was like what's what's happened to red rocket (laughs) and i'm also very hungry so i'm like am am i doing that thing where like i haven't eaten so i'm hallucinating and i'm forgetting things no pat you're you're good Good you're enough yeah good for Um, you Good for you. I yeah i I wasn't Good expecting it to be the case, um, mm. especially because mm. like Florida Project, absolutely loved it, but like mm. you know it was it was usurped by the the Ladybirds of 2017, the Call Me by Your Names of 2017, the Phantom Threads, the Ghost Stories, mm. um, and yeah, I don't know. This just when I was thinking about like my experience of seeing it the first time in the theater how wonderful a time i had because the movie is also fucking hilarious it is so funny it is such a funny movie even though you feel bad about laughing yeah at this character and his various you know um misadventures shall we shall we say but they're also the kind of laughs that are easy laughs but also the laughs that are like oh fuck i shouldn't have laughed at that point and the fact that those can coexist in a movie Mm. (laughs) and have it not feel disjointed is pretty remarkable yeah Simon Rex, as you said, is incredible in the movie, and he's not he's not a first-time actor, but this is the first kind of movie of this nature that he has been in, uh, the things that he's performed in, and you feel like he's really able to harness all of that, and the fact that his character is the sum of all of these experiences, that just comes through at every mo- in every mm. moment of this movie. And also, I will just say, I know people like this person. Like, coming from where I come from, yeah. I won't get too far into it, but I I know yeah. that like hey, I want to I'm going to be here. I'm going to be back into your life and I'm going, you know, I really want to I want to be here and I'm going to do whatever I can to like be here. I'm going to I'm going to pay the rent. I'm going to do some work and then mm. turning around the next second and being like, "Who the fuck do you think you are asking me to do this stuff and expecting this much <laughs> of me when it's the thing that I promised in the first place?" Like, yeah, yeah. That ra- that rang very true. And I'm not a big fan of being like, "Oh, you can't understand this movie if you don't have that experience" because that's not what I'm saying at all. But that is an extra an extra level to it 
where like Sean Baker recognizes the world and the type of person that he is portraying and the that he's mm. you know that he is representing in this movie and the fact that it read mm. is so honest and i should say i don't come from like this kind of community but mm. i've you know i've rubbed shoulders and elbows with this kind of you know a certain type of person in this kind of community so it just all read yeah very true and it's honest but not judgmental in the way that sean baker is able to to do and the movie looks really beautiful while also being really ugly and what it's conveying. So I don't know. I mean, I just think with it, it's just, it does all of those things so well. Mm, and again, wow. just really immersed me in this experience and in this character and in this place and in this story. And I feel like that's all that I can really ask for at the end of the day, when it comes to uh, the moving pictures. What did you think about the 2016 election stuff on the TV? You know, I that's another thing is that it had all of that, but I didn't feel like it was I didn't feel like it was on the nose. I didn't feel like yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. like we're talking about Trump, you know, because that, that can be so like, all right. And it takes place it. in a red state. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. yeah. Because again, it feels like it is part of the furniture. It is part of the wallpaper in the in the sense mm. that it would have been if this movie did indeed take place or this story did indeed take place in, you know, 2015, 2016. And it also does kind of like make us think about this character as a sort of like, this is such an overused phrase, but a sort of he Trumpian. Is a politician. Yeah, like a Trumpian a sort politician. of figure. The fact that yeah. he speaks to something that is incredibly american or is mm. incredibly emblematic of a certain aspect of the american experience mm. but again the fact that that was just like gesture towards as opposed to like being you know uh yeah broadcasted in a super explicit on the nose way is yeah emblematic of just the fact that sean baker seeks to do really interesting things with his movies but isn't going to bend over backwards to make sure that you are getting every aspect of of what he's doing because he's a very subtle filmmaker there's also some really interesting moments of clarity too like i'm thinking about the moment in the film where he's with strawberry and they're on a incredible sequence yeah they're like on a roller coaster yeah yeah, it, it's it's and literally a poor man's Coney Island that they're at. Yeah, and, and she's like, I looked up your scenes, <laughs> and for most of the movie, he's like so proud of his porn career. Yeah, and he's so proud of the fact that he like left backwater Texas for Hollywood, and there's this really interesting moment where like he's really upset about that. Yeah, totally. That she 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 sort of like did that and obviously he like reneges on being upset about that because you know he he wants her and him to like move to hollywood to pursue porn but um yeah there's a lot to yeah. sort of read into with his his ex his ex-wife is fascinating yeah 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 um yeah it's it's a real dickensian mm. adventure i think it is yeah yeah, it's the Dickensian adventure that we deserve in America. In Probably definitely deserve, definitely yeah. deserve. Yeah, and maybe that's why, ultimately, it is my favorite movie. That's of ballsy of you. I don't know many people who would say that. Don't give a fuck since 1993. What can I say? No, yeah, no. I mean, it is like the best movie 
I mean, I think it really is. And probably, actually, because, you know, sometimes your top five list would, will change after, like, a yeah. year or two. Yeah. I think that this one is going to keep, 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 keep rising. I think so. Yeah. I think it will keep rising. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it, it, even in the past week, it's, it's, it changed what I've been working on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. It's given me a lot to so, think yeah. about. Yeah. So that's me. What about you? So again, well, so this is the only film that I didn't see in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, for people living in this country, the only way you can watch it is on YouTube. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it's not a it TV is. show. It is a seven-part documentary. Wow. Talk about ballsy. And I want to say, I had to have a surprise in here, <laughs> that you think about a movie, right? Oh and you, boy, you here we go, this. here we but, go. <laughs> but, but you think about music, image, and how they juxtapose and complement each other and play off each other and not play off each other. And that's kind of like cinema at its like most base basic level. Yeah, totally. And um, this movie, which is a documentary well he calls it an emotional history is just the most beautiful example of that i've ever seen where he it is a story about how we basically got to where we are Mm -hmm. and he the documentarian examines various figures from the 19th 20th and 21st century and examines how they came up against the powers that be. Right. And the footage in this film ranges from Chinese opera in the 1940s to news footage from the Soviet Union in the 1990s to TV shows. And blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just the the breath of what you watch and how he uses songs to discuss you, to incite you. There's many montages in in this over the seven hours. And it changed the way that I think I look at the world. Wow. And it really changed the way that I look at how people, how we've interacted with each other and how we kind of got here. And I think that's a criticism of the film is that, like, he just makes too many conclusions. Right, right. But I also think he understands that we want that in a film. Yeah, and you kind of need we it if need, you're going we to capture, need that. capture life as it is. Um, and the movie's called um, Can't Get You Out of My Head mm-hmm. by Adam Curtis. And it's just, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think about that movie every day. Yeah. And not in a way that, like, with a red rocket or with a licorice pizza or with a souvenir where it's like, I want to emulate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Because you probably know that you can't, at least at this current juncture of your life. I mean, I don't think I ever want to. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not even a matter of can't or will or whatever. It's yeah. just, I just don't have the patience. Yeah, you'll lose way more than 15 pounds uh, in the process of making that movie and in the fallout of making that movie. I mean, I'll lose my friends. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll lose <laughs> me. Just, just yeah. warning, you will lose me. I, 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 I can't go. I can't go with you there. Um, yeah, I've seen the first two parts of this movie. Um, I've not, okay. I have not seen the entire thing. Um, it was the kind of thing where I, I, I wanted to. I was hearing so much about it, and the time just didn't necessarily allow because I, I wanted to really be immersed in it in the way that I maybe wouldn't if I were listening to a seven part mm. podcast series or something like that. Cause there was a visual mm. component as well. You can't just have it on the background. So, yeah. um, yeah, but I know that, that it has a lot to say. Yeah. Just about like modern life and liberalism and democracy and individualism and media, um, and capitalism. It just, it, it, it really, it 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 yeah i mean it, we talk about like in literary circles about the fact that genre just like doesn't slash can't exist anymore and i would say mm. that in the same way like these like sort of demarcations of different aspects of life like politics and history and sociology so sociology and stuff like that also yeah. don't exist because society is just a moundless uh, or a yeah like a a boundless amorphous like mass of content and experiences and thoughts and takes and stuff like that and this series really gets at that and that is inevitably going to probably yeah cause people to criticize it in terms of being sort of aimless and amorphous in what sort of conclusions it brings us to and Mm. the degree to which it's you know citing evidence in the way that we think of evidence as being cited Mm. but i think that that's also emblematic of the world that we live in and the fact that like those conventional you know whatever like metrics by which we measure the effectiveness of a documentary or an argument are kind of i don't know just not really sufficient anymore Mm. and i think this movie kind of illustrates it both in the arguments that it puts forth and also in like the responses to it and I also think he posits possibly the in a way that no filmmaker who has taken on Trump, none of them have any solutions. Yeah. Like the John Stewart movie that came out last year. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> There's no solutions in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's no solutions in, I don't know, any of the Rob Reiner movies that I feel like came out in like 2017 or 2018, <laughs> you know, where it's yeah. like, what do we do with this guy? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what do we do now? And I think he actually posits a solution in that individualism needs to die. Yeah. That all of these tools that are given to us that allow us to live eat very individual lives they just make us sad yeah yeah and they don't there's no way to kind of get under the thumb get out of the thumb of you know the powers that be yeah the cost does not outweigh the cost the cost does outweigh the benefit yeah i mean throughout the movie you see people 
who were willing to literally put their lives on the line. And he's kind of like, we need to do this more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like, you think that the world you're going to change the world through Facebook, through Instagram, <laughs> but you're you're so you're so mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Wow. I mean, isn't that what you guys talk about? Yeah. Is that like the only thing you have is numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the only sort of, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to do it through posting. Right. Yeah, I mean there's yeah, there's yeah. There's no other the the the, the yeah, the 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 vehicles or mechanisms that we have to yeah, address change or implement change are clearly not working. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ballsy. I said, I mentioned this earlier, also a very ballsy, uh, number one in different, in different ways than mine. Sure. But I love it. I love it. Um, let's do a little recap, shall we? I can't even remember. Okay. (laughs) Um, so for me, um, Number five is um, Bergman Island. Number four, The Green Knight. Number three, The Power of the Dog. Number two, Licorice Pizza. And number one, Red Rocket. Number five, The Souvenir Part Two. Number four, Red Rocket. Number three, Dune. Number two, Licorice Pizza. And number one, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Hell yeah. And then I, it's okay if you don't have them, but I, I do also, because they're all ranked on Letterbox anyway. Um, I do have my honorable mention slash my 10 through six. Um, so I do want to mention those. Uh, number 10 is Together Together, a really, really incredible rom-com uh, starring, starring Patty Harrison and Ed Helms that I recommend everyone check out. It's, it's smart. It's funny. Not super ambitious, but it kind of quietly is so in some ways. Um, okay. Number nine is Dune. Said everything I need to say about it. Number eight is a movie that if you're in, if you're involved in or adjacent to film Twitter, you probably heard a lot about Titan. Fucking okay. wild movie from the director of okay. Raw. I can't even begin to describe what this movie is about or what it does. But if you do choose to watch it, just strap in. It is a rare movie that I had to like watch through like my through my fingers at certain points um oh brother because it's tough um uh so where am i 10 9 8 number 7 uh the card counter we talked about it on this podcast we had a little mini review of it so if you want to hear more thoughts about that uh tune into that episode where we talked about the card counter and or it was just a card counter it was some we talked about the card counter and something else on that episode I can't remember what it was. I can't remember either. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, the movie has aged very well for me. And the number six movie of the year for me is um, Benedetta. Okay. Fucking wild, insane, yeah. manic movie in all of the best ways possible. Did you catch sure. it? Sure. No, I, I didn't have time to stream it, but I, I'm go- I have to. It's, I have to. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts, so. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I just had a delightful time watching it um, on an illegal stream in my bedroom, the way that uh, it was intended. So, yeah, do you have any honorable mentions? What about to- Zola? 
Zola is a, that that was a really great movie. I think like that okay. was that was for me like a if all of these movies are like four and a half, five stars on Letterboxd, like Zola was a solid four star movie. Okay. Um, okay. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, mm. Liked what it set out to do. Thought it was really emblematic of like a certain movie that could only be made nowadays and was made really smartly. Um, mm. But yeah, I really liked it. Like no, no complaints uh, at all, but just, just it wasn't like a top 10 movie for me. So was that was I that? That's an honorable mention for you. Shiva baby. Mm. And I loved, um, I love the card counter, and I love Bad Trip. I didn't see the Bad Aragon Trip. Yeah, movie. I didn't see Bad Trip. I should have probably, but I it's didn't catch really it. Really funny. It's like really deceptively funny. We love a good comedy in twenty twenty one. Can you can you round it out with a with a with a fifth honorable mention? Oh, f- um, first thought, best thought, first thought, best thought. John, I don't even think I I saw enough. <laughs> you you saw enough. You know, I I liked the last duel. I didn't love it. That's I I kept meaning, but I had a blast. I kept meaning I to catch it. Um, I kept meaning to catch it uh at the end of the year but i just i could not find a spare two and a half hours mm. um oh there's like an hour of uh west um in the heights that i liked oh okay yeah there's like an hour in there that was good yeah the pool yeah was oh, fun. pool is great yeah 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 not my not my favorite musical of the year you know what my favorite musical of the year was West Side? West Side Story. I'm a West Side Story I apologist. Need to see it. I need to see and it. And I think we'll talk about this later on, but you know what other movie I'm an apologist for? I we are I have an idea for an episode about this. And this is this, What's the this What's the movie? Isn't to suggest that I love the movie or even think it's particularly great, but I am a don't look up apologist. Oh wow. Yeah, we'll we'll have to talk about. I think there's a episode about Adam McKay's trilogy, political trilogy. Um Yeah that I think maybe needs to needs to happen. We, we might be doing the Lord's or the devil's work. In I'm that. pretty busy the next couple of months. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, you know, I'm putting out a, a, a Craigslist post as we speak APB. for a, yeah, for a, a podcast host. Um, but yeah, but maybe, maybe we'll do a little bit of uh, extra stuff in our next few episodes, which on that note, um, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, we will be doing some more stuff as we wrap up the end of the year. We know it's technically the end of the year, or we te- we know it's technically the new year, so this is happening a little late. But you know, we wanted to really like dedicate the time that we could um, to this because we we have a lot of fun with it, um, and I think we you know I, I know that other people do as well. So, um, and I do also just want to say, last year uh, Pat ended off uh, ended our end of the year episode with a little, um, you know. Uh, what's I'm looking for? Not dedication, because I'm not dead uh, yet, <laughs> but uh, just an acknowledgement of the work that I did in the editing capacity. And I would just like to say that a couple weeks after that episode came out, I had a conversation with Pat in which I told him that, you know, I was worried about my ability to continue editing because the semester was really crazy for me. And without missing a beat, uh, Pat did essentially say, uh, you know, I will pick it up from here on out. And uh, he did that. And he 
really learned how to edit a podcast and this podcast like on the spot, um, which is no easy feat uh, learning from me because I am mentally ill and mentally unwell. (laughs) And I am a perfectionist when it comes to audio quality and background noise and stuff like that. And um, he, uh, if he, if he was frustrated at all, or did think that I was being a little uh, extra as the kids say, uh, he never conveyed that. Um, so I do just want to acknowledge the work that Pat has done in terms of, uh, you know, giving me one less thing to worry about um, this year, which was no easy feat. Uh, and I, I, I do appreciate that very much because he's also a busy, busy bee. Well, thank you so much. Of course. And I, of course I would do it. Of course. Um, great. Well, we hope that you've all enjoyed this. Uh, keep an eye out for part two uh of of Mm -hmm. our end of the year extravaganza uh and we hope that everyone is doing well and has had uh, a wonderful christmas and new year do you have anything you want to add pat everyone's enough everyone's enough and so is ben roethlisberger which pat and i are going to sign off right now to go watch him uh do his thing at his last game in the city of pittsburgh pennsylvania Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.